If only you could hear some of the pre-show banter. Hi, everyone. Apparently, we're live now. Uh, today is Monday, August 15th. I'm Carter. I'm one of the hosts of Narrative Dissonance here on Unsafe Space. The other host will pop up magically on the screen. Hi, there she I'm is. Juliet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome, everyone. Um, don't forget to subscribe if you're not subscribed. You can go to unsafespace.com to support us. Follow us on Twitter at underscore unsafe space. What else? Uh, oh, we had a book club. It was good yesterday. Fossil Future. Uh, actually, a really, really, really good book. Uh, not just for understanding the climate change and fossil fuel industry issues, but uh, more broadly, really great framework for thinking about um and analyzing complex problems that require experts. So most of us aren't experts in things. And there's a lot of stuff like climate change where there's a whole bunch of experts that do research and then people synthesize it and disseminate it and evaluate it. And you end up reading it in New York Times. Uh, how do you know what's true? How do you know whether the evaluations are accurate? It's a really, really good discussion about that in the book. So I highly recommend it. Um, I don't know what the next book is for book club. I know that Juliet recommended Slaughterhouse-Five, which will be a book because it's a great idea. I just don't know when, uh, so we'll schedule that. Um, are you going to host it, Juliet? Are you going to be the book advocate for that? Um, Yeah, I would totally do that. I, I really okay. like that book. I just put her on the spot. We didn't talk about <laughs> So, all right, let's bring on our panelists. Um, this week, uh, we are joined by uh, some bitch uh, that I know named Elle. <laughs> Uh-uh. Who's that? Maybe, I don't know. She sub. I heard she has an OnlyFans account. Uh-uh. I told you that in private. <laughs> yeah, don't. Hey, simps. It's not what you think it is. It don't. There's no, uh, it's not a first, thing. It's, we're no, joking. No, first off, uh, the, the, the list of things for sale is uh, feet picks for $10,000, and that's the end of the list. So, uh, no, I like, uh, as I was telling Carter before the show, in confidence, Carter, uh, when I got deep I didn't know. I just share I all of your personal information. No, it's I've fine. Told, no, I've told people this before. Uh, and you can still go see it yourself. Uh, when I got banned from Twitter uh, the first time uh, back in like November 2020, I, I genuinely was kind of exploring all the different options for social media sites. And I, I did briefly consider creating a page on OnlyFans just for sharing posts and stuff because they were like other people were doing it at the time. Other like kind of like more conservative leaning people were doing it at the time. And they're like, yeah, no, they don't censor because it's you, you know, you, you charge like a membership to do it. So I was like, well, if I pay, if people have to pay a dollar a month to read my bullshit, then, you know, that's going to filter out a lot of the, you know, targets on my back or whatever but you know then i just decided not to do that but you yeah. can still go to probably, i i don't even know what the choice. url is but yeah no i don't uh, we'll find it I and put it in chat for everyone i'm later. 32 um. i'm 32 and a half i've hit that wall i'm i'm not gonna i'm gonna do that but all right uh well uh, if you don't know l uh she's not actually an only fan star but she is a gab star not and yet. up and coming up and coming and uh, probably one of the most banned people I know. Banned from Twitter lots of times. Twitch. Twitch now, which we'll talk about. Uh, YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. whatever, everything. Discord. Um, Discord. Discord. Oh, yeah, Discord. That was a fun one. Yeah, that was um, fun. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like an uh, internet vigilante. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so welcome, Alan. Our, our other guest today is Alex Maselli, 
who is the host of 451 Degrees, which is a show here on Unsafe Space all about censorship. Um, and I was talking to Alex, and she was like, oh, I know Twitch is user terms of service and what they're likely to do. Um, so I think, Alex, you're not surprised that L was banned. Is that correct? No. When when I saw the reasoning, I knew exactly what was going Wait. on. Like, I, they had said... Uh, Last year, they announced that they were going to start banning people for things that they do off platform and mm. that they were going to hire outside investigators to start looking into people's behavior on other platforms. Uh, there's a there's a big reason why I don't do a lot with Twitch, and that's one of them. And the other one is probably the weird stuff that happened with a gaming streamer called Dr. Disrespect that I'm not sure any of you have ever heard of. <laughs> Well, well, let's talk about that later. The main reason I don't use yeah. Twitch is I, I suck at video games. What about you, Juliet? <laughs> I really only use Twitch to watch Elle's stream, so now I just oh. don't use Twitch anymore. Oh. <laughs> Bye, Twitch. Yeah. Well, I mean, so or, originally the reason why I set up with Twitch, because a lot of people are like, why were you on there? I was like, listen. I've been streaming on a different platform called Foxhole from the start, which my friends built themselves to be resilient and uncancelable. I did stream on uh, Saturday was my last stream on DLive. I'm moving uh, over to Odyssey for that one. But I started out on Amazon because it was kind of a, I figured it wouldn't last long. It actually lasted almost a year, which was kind mm -hmm. of uh, surprising, to be honest. Uh, and we had contingency plans in place. And uh, it, it had a lot of integrations that were great. They paid me on time. Like there was some good things about it, but realistically I shouldn't have been on that platform uh, for as long as I was, but it was, kind of just became a bit of an experience or like an experiment, but you know, it is what it is. So wait a minute. Can you, can you tell us, I mean, I saw the screenshot of oh, yeah. that you shared. Get, tell the story of your banning. Well, I was taking a nap uh, and I wake up to a text from uh, uh, someone who uh, does a little bit of work for me. Uh, and she's like, hey, I saw you got banned from Twitch. Are you okay? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm like waking up, like, got, you know, like still have like the imprint of like my like pillow on my like face. I'm like, oh, so that's happening today. Cool. Uh, and so uh, to be honest, it took me like another like hour to finally like get around to like going to, cause I was like, well, it's already, it's already happened. Like it is what it is. And so I had to go and search through uh, my email uh, to see why I got banned, and they said, uh, you know, uh, I've got the I've got the image here, but it said Twitch yeah, is committed look. to keeping our community safe. Yeah, all right, cool. I got you. One second. Share screen. Where's that? Oh, hang on. I'm a notorious grandma. So, all right, there we go. <laughs> all right, Twitch is committed to keeping our oh. community safe. Oh wait, oh. what? All right, <laughs> Beverly and I are fighting each other. I won't Let do it. I'll enhance it for you. Uh, keep our community safe. Uh, we require all users to ensure that we, uh, you know, abide by the rules. Uh, we've issued a community guideline strike. I'd never had one before. I'd never been in trouble with Twitch. Uh, due to the severe nature of this violation, you've been, or that you've incurred multiple violations. Not true. So it was the severe violation. Wee! Oh, sorry. I just scared my cat because I elbowed my microphone. Uh, your access to Twitch services is indefinitely restricted. Dawn, dawn, dawn. And the reason... <laughs> that I'm a harmful 
misinformation actor uh, repeatedly spreading misinformation yada 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 it's threatening uh violent conspiracy networks such as QAnon. you know that pesky q and i don't know if i could say that yeah on here, but you're like, you all you're you know, such a q you're here computer. for a good you know that you're here for a good time not a long time carter you know this so you need to be <laughs> playing a place too um that's what that's what i would say on twitch all the time like we're here for uh-huh. a good time not a long time like we know this is gonna happen uh, uh promoting harmful health treatments such as drinking bleach cures covid it could not be further from the truth. Uh, sharing right, yeah. and promoting the core tenets of pilot conspiracy networks such as QAnon. No. Uh, the COVID you know, vaccine contains microchips? <laughs> Man, <laughs> there, that's, I, I didn't even think of that one. That's a great right. one. <laughs> and then at the very, at the very bottom, the, uh, the, 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 you know, ringer of it all is it occurred off of Twitch services. So I, I knew that that was part of their policy, but I genuinely thought, uh, the amount of effort that it would take to, you know, venture off of Twitch services and like go through stuff. Like I, like, I was like, surely you're worth it. L like, like, well, like, thank you. I think so. too. (laughs) (laughs) No, but but seriously, I mean, there, there's like, like what, like a year's worth of video recorded every hour on Twitch. I was like, there or something like that. It's like a mind boggling amount of, uh, or maybe it's like every whatever it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> uh, the amount of time it would take someone to do that, and to like so, so I mean, someone out there uh, got upset, and and I, I assume turned me of in. Of course. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you yeah, know, and I, honestly, I should thank them because uh, like so far on Rumble, I've like had like double triple and quadruple the viewers that i ever had on twitch like ever after 120 shows uh and the community there is amazing and it's like been great and everyone was super supportive and wonderful so honestly i should have made the jump sooner so every now and then honestly like a canceling uh event uh it usually ends up being the kick in the ass that i need to like become more resilient and learn you know how to do it elsewhere so there we go that's so the story. We, so i can you scroll up for a second? I just want to read the sure. title of that thing again. Uh, it's just my it's harmful misinformation actor. So, yeah. I, I first of all, I just want to say congratulations. Is this your Thank first you. acting award? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, uh, the New York Times once called me a banned account with a profane name. Oh, so. okay. Well, still, <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, Put this. You should have a trophy that. made, uh, <laughs> or uh, um, as a harmful misinformation actor. That's the three. Uh, this can be my trophy. It's a Red okay. Bull. <laughs> <Okay>, fair enough. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, it's, it's part of it. Like, it's not like the thing is, is that I like while it's fun to make fun of these kind of things. Uh, sorry, I'm going to stop sharing my screen so I don't pull up some random something of my own. What's up? Paul? You don't want to pull oh, up your own account. That would get us banned. <laughs> no, right. Well, no. Um, yeah, I don't want to show my Gab account. Um well, I, you know, it, it is it is it fun is. to like talk about like what happened to me specifically. Like the thing that uh, I think that one of the things that frustrates me the most in the kind of sphere that the alt tech type people are in is that oftentimes the same people that will sit there and decry, uh, you know, censorship and, and and say, you know, don't let big tech si- uh, silence us. Make sure you follow us on our Substack or you know subsequent uh, social media. Like they don't actually give a single fuck about what happens to the people who are like, you know, below them on the social media totem pole. And Hmm. uh, like, we saw this happening again with Alex Jones uh, recently, you know, he's like, regardless of whether or not you think that, you know, what he said about like $45 million is meant to 
ruin him. And the timing could not be more, yeah. you know, iffy, right? It's meant to absolutely ruin him. And if, you know, Rachel, Rachel Maddow and Tucker Carlson can both claim, you know, we're entertainment and so you can't take anything we say seriously, then why can't he, right? Maybe it's not yeah. entertainment that people actually find funny or entertaining, but why is the, you know, uh, justice system... <laughs> justice system why why is it so punitive uh for you know what could easily be you know passed off as an as an off-color joke or whatever uh and uh you have people like alex berenson which i really admire him for his work on covid for the last couple of years that he's he's brilliant but he just you know he's on twitter still doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on it saying that alex jones deserves every single thing that he's gotten he deserves to be uh ruined and penniless and like you know Turn in tricks Wait, on why? the street. Wait, why? Just like, because of his Sandy Hook comments? Yes, one hundred percent. Even if uh, even if they're wrong, which they were, like even but like the questions that uh, actually, you know what? It's 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 human. I, I can't say any of the stuff that I want to say here. It's human nature <laughs> to want to ask questions, and there were enough inconsistencies mm-hmm. and weird things that happened that were worthy of asking questions. And if they're offensive, yes. then so be it. The, I know, have a question know. though. Did he just ask questions or did he say, like, did he accuse parents of being actors directly or did he just, like, question it? I mean, he I, – I know that he did confront some people face-to-face. Uh, but, at the, I mean, again, this happened 10 years ago nearly, thir- in 2013 <laughs> right. when this happened. So, like, why is this happening nine years later? Why not press charges then? Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I don't – I'm not a big fan of pressing those charges anyway. But even if he did something, it should be like a it's a, it's a a minor penalty. I could see like, hey, you know, you can't go around saying that you don't know that they're actors. So you, so can, you think that you, you know. like? Do you think there should be like a, a legal penalty for saying something that someone is offended by? That's a slippery no. Okay. No, no, no. I don't. Okay. I just. I'm saying. I could see. I could see in our system where we do have a thing that's defamation. So I could see someone trying to make a case of like, oh, you accused me of being an that's actor. That's not what they were. That was not what they were even making a case for, though. That's not even what they what were. were their, a case their case? For. It was for like a like harmful like punitive. I don't know the exact term. I have it written down here somewhere. So like, you hurt my feelings out. in legal language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, why well, is it just this specific family when there were, you know, more than one family involved? Yes, right? Um, right. And then, so another... Really like other former, families have that mentality. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And, and then uh, Alex Berenson did that. And then uh, Katrina Pearson, who used to work for uh, uh, Donald Trump, like, who, when you go to her website, KatrinaPearson.com, say, don't let big tech sound censorous, is saying the same thing. Like, he deserves to be ruined, destroyed. And, like, they don't mean, really? don't let big tech censor, you know, you or me or, or you know, right. people who are lesser than. They mean them. You know, it, uh-huh. it's all about maintaining that, like, status and, like, the their place in the hierarchy. And they will do anything, including throw you under the bus and say that you deserved it and that, you know, you should have been and, – and, Sorry, I know I've been monopolizing all the conversation, but it's been, it's been firing me up lately. Uh-huh. So. No, it should. No, it's, I mean, it makes it's sense. Not, it's, it's kind not, of it's a, about like me. A, it's about this whole thing is what I was saying. Yeah. Sorry. No, on. I get it. Like, to me, like, a lot of the problem is, is when we see some big name or someone getting censored or, um, you know, taken to court over something they've said, I always question how many people who are much smaller than them are getting hit with the same penalizations that we're not seeing 
we don't right. hear about, we don't know about, mm-hmm. like a regular everyday person getting mm-hmm. something. And it's not, it's not okay that like we only care when it's something big. Like the big ones are important because they get people's eyes on it, but it shouldn't be like this specific case. It should be all of them based Mm -hmm. on this idea that you can't say anything without getting in trouble either through people saying, oh, you hurt my feelings. So kick them off the platform where I'm taking you to court because I just really don't like what you had to say. Like Mm -hmm. these are not good. uh, Same thing with firings. Like, we should care about that on principle, whether or not the person is big or small. And a lot of people just don't recognize that. A lot of people are very selfish about whether or not they got censored. Mm-hmm. And, and because they have kind of a fuck you, I got mine attitude about it when they, you know, manage to protect their spot. And mm-hmm. it's a serious issue. It's a huge well, I issue. think a lot of these people are, they wear virtue arguments for as clothing whether they're on the right or the left they're not actually dedicated to any of the principles that they that they mouth they just mouth those principles because they know that they're going to get their fan base riled up and people are going to like them and people are pretty my experience so far with this whole internet online persona thing which i despise actually uh, i don't i don't actually yeah, it's <laughs> sorry not, i just don't it's not don't like it's not it. the fun part of it to be honest um yeah, but but one thing that I've noticed is people are really stupidly naive and willing to believe like, oh, so and so really believes this thing they're saying. They must be and like, you know what? Nine times out of ten, they don't believe anything they're saying. They're two faced liars that are just trying to get power and rise raise in status. And like that's mm-hmm. that's been one of the most black pilling, disappointing things for me to see mm-hmm. uh, in the last several years. Just doing this generally. Well, I think. Well, that, I wh- oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I'd noticed in 2020 a lot of people rising to the top in anti-woke intellectuals who Mm -hmm. really did not walk the walk. They were just doing it to gain followers and money, and it was a grift, essentially. And it it was, as time wore on, it got easier to see them because they would fall back on uh, Mm -hmm. not actually having principles. Uh, And But some people just never gave up on them. Because they're like, I, because of the persona thing. And they were like, uh-huh. I still love them. I still love them. And it's like, but they have no principles and they lied to you. And how are you okay with that? Yeah. Well, it's a lot easier to uh, forgive glaring flaws <laughs> than to admit maybe you were wrong about someone that you admired. Uh, but I think, Carter, one of the things that, like, you know, you know, having a, a, a uniquely, uh, kind of behind the scenes and a little bit more insight on these things than maybe uh, your average person might, I think it's important to talk about it and to like be critical of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been, I've been really critical of truth social uh, for those of y'all who are not on there because they censor people all the time. They have this automatic AI called, was it beehive? I think it's oh, called think hive it AI actually. And it's, I think it's, it's hive AI. Like, I think yeah. And it's based out of San Francisco. And so they, they don't ban you on Truth Social, but they have an AI that will come uh, through about five seconds after you post something and just delete it entirely. Which I think and is worse, by the way. It, That's it is worse. It is worse because you don't even like sometimes you don't even notice it until like way later. And by that point, you're like, well, did it actually did the post actually go through? Like maybe it was something on my end. Maybe I didn't actually hit post. Maybe I, you know, like you don't know. And so I've been calling that out and people are like, you know, 
well, they're doing that because they want to you know, be able to remain on the app store. It's very important. I'm like, well, if that's all they're worried about is staying on like the Apple Play Store and the or the Google Play Store and like the Apple App Store or whatever, then like what the hell is the difference between True Social and Twitter other than you don't get a ban, you just get all your shit deleted? Like really, right. what's the difference? Like if, right. if, if a platform is being made uh, to be great, I expect greatness out of it. And, you know, you could argue, oh, well, the algorithms and the, the AI and all of that, like it needs to be fine tuned. But like the things that are being deleted still to this day are, are concerning. And I have a whole uh, folder where I've been documenting it. Uh, and I, like, you know, I'll post on there as uh, I post like, you know, the bigger stuff on there. But like it's 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 not the kind of platform that I feel like you could really embrace fully because it won't embrace you back and like actually allow conversations to be taken place. Yeah. I mean, know? I don't mind if they, uh, if they're honest about it. That's my, my big thing is just honesty. If truth social said, look, we're an alternative to Twitter, but we want to be on the app store and that's really important to us. So we're going to do This is what we're going to do. I'll be like, okay, I don't want to use you cause you suck, mm-hmm. but probably don't name yourself truth social and brag about how you don't censor because (laughs) you do censor. Like you have to say it could be like, Hey, Twitter, like differently censored Twitter alternative. Like, okay, that's, that's great. Maybe not the best name. You won't lose your whole account and all your connections, but like you will have your posts routinely deleted about five or six seconds on a delay. And so it kind of, it does kind of like gaslight you and going, well, did I like, was it on my end? Was it on their end? Cause you don't get like a pop-up that's like, Hey, your post was deleted because of so-and-so it's just like gone into the ether. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, I don't know. Gab doesn't have an app right on the app store or Google or they do. No, uh, because they won't censor they the things that they want them to. Uh, right, and, yeah. you know, they, that's one of the things that they work on. I mean, Gab, you know, Gab's not perfect and it's definitely really glitchy and people get upset all the time about stuff they see on Gab. And I was like, that that's what moderating your own, like your own content looks like. You're going to see things more often that you are fundamentally going to disagree with. And that is what a block button is for. You can add filters where you don't see like specific words ever, like uh-huh. ever. Like you, like you can create like your own filters and blocks, but like when people actually get confronted with what actual free speech looks like, they usually realize they might not be ready for it. Uh, but like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's I mean, well, but that's but that's what happened in a in a free. I think in a free speech, free market kind of environment, if you let it be that chaotic, what ends up happening is influencers that people trust end up becoming curators, and mm-hmm. and so. I'll say like, okay, well, I'm going to follow Elle and Juliet and whoever. Like, I'm gonna, these are the people I'm going to follow. And I'm going to trust that they're giving me the information I need because I don't want to sort through the sewer and find oh, everything. Sure. And, and they are. But, you know, I, there's no real way around that. You're either giving that to volunteer. You're either giving that power to people that you've delegated yourself and said like, mm. oh, these are the people that I'm trusting. And if Elle starts posting crap I don't like or I, I find her misrepresenting things or leaving out important stuff like I I follow someone else right like okay fine yeah um but when it's the platform doing it there's no there's no alternative it's like well this is twitter's this is twitter's idea of what your stream should look like rather than this is l's idea of what your stream should look like you know what i mean well that that, like we were talking about before like uh i know that there's a, a a few things that i could do that would greatly increase uh the traffic that i get on my pages and my streams and increase the amount of money that i make i know that i could do them it would be it would would honestly be pretty easy but i would have to become a persona 
and Mm -hmm. become a few different canned phrases and (laughs) stick to a couple of like, you know, super uh, popular hot topics of discussion. And I'm just, I'm flat out not going to do that, but you know, people find out those kind of formulas and it, you know, I don't know. Right. Yeah. If the formula you follow, often they follow people who are making Mm -hmm. the actual insights themselves and then repackaging it and just like, I get so I get sent stuff all the time where people are like, "Look at this person." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what they do." Like, you know. <laughs> but uh, trust no one except for me. Yeah. So wait, wait. So your offline behavior got you banned from from Twitch. That's that's lovely. Well, I think it was my um, online behavior, but it was off Twitch behavior. Yeah. Sorry, you're off Twitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't well, think you're offline behavior. in my bushes. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> They're gonna watch me like hunched over my computer like a gremlin at like four a.m. Like, <laughs> These sons of bitches. <laughs> I was literally doing that last night. That's why I say that. Off platform. Thank you. <laughs> Kite just uh, that was what I, the word I was searching for was off platform. Oh, what's up, PC? Um, Alex, what's this? What's the other person you're talking about on Twitch back in the day? Oh, yeah. Dr. Disrespect. So Twitch is huge for gaming, which is why I know about it, because I am a gaming streamer um, on top of all the other stuff. And a lot of people for years have been saying to me, Alex, why aren't you on Twitch? Why aren't you on Twitch? And it's mostly because for years I found their, um, their business model of how to become a partner and make money not uh, that workable. And I also found the culture a little bit too toxic for me as a like female gamer. I hate to say it that way, but like literally like the idea was, is that I would have to like show my boobs all the time and (laughs) not necessarily actually play video games and say the dirty jokes. I I know. (laughs) The internet, Alex. I know. I know. And uh, and, like, I I swear to God, I have synth repellent or something because it's like they show up, one shows up every once in a while and they're like, you're so cute. You And I'm, and I'm like, I just don't say anything or reply to them, and then they n- I never see them again. And I and I'm like, that's fine with me. I know I didn't want you around anyway. But um, <laughs> uh, so like, uh, I I didn't want to do it, and I know that like that's where most gamers stream and everything. But then in 2020, June 2020, uh, Dr. Disrespect, who is one of the biggest uh, streamers on there, got kicked off midstream. He just found like him and his team. He doesn't know, or he didn't know at the time. And then um, he was not streaming for more than a month. He lost EA and Activision as sponsors. That's how big this guy is. Um, Yeah, exactly. He's also a game developer um, and a big competitive player. Uh, He's got 2.4 million followers on Twitter. So he's he's not small potatoes yeah no he's one of the biggest gaming streamers uh in the world Uh, and so they kicked him off which means they were making money off of him by the way they were making a pretty decent Mm -hmm. haul off of dr disrespect so they kicked him off he was off for streaming for more than a month i think before he got his youtube up and running and uh so and he lost his those two big sponsors he lost a lot of other smaller sponsors too so, and he's a team and a family. So it wasn't just him doing it like with me, like I'm just a one person show. He's, he's got a lot involved. Um, and so he got kicked off and then Amazon said, uh, you know, Twitch said that they would ban people who even streamed 
with doctor disrespect. So yeah, they, uh, yeah, what? They do that. yeah, and um, uh, but the problem with that is that he was a competitive player. So tournaments, he'd get invited to a tournament that was and supposed they to have be. Him. Yeah, well, see, it was a, it was kind of like a it, it was a division among the gaming community, especially the competitive gaming community. They were like, "What do we do? We want Doctor Disrespect there. He's a draw. Uh, people want to see him. People want to play with him. Other competitors want to play with him, and they can't, uh, not on Twitch. So uh, he found a new streaming partner on YouTube, and then um, he was Z Laner, and then uh, he like he said after a while, once he was on YouTube, that he knew why Twitch banned him. No one, he didn't say, he said he was suing them. He sued them. Uh, no one still knows why, uh, but the lawsuit was settled back in March. And he said, regardless of how it came out, he was never going back to Twitch because of the fact that they screwed him over so hardcore. Um, and in fact, some streamers even followed him to YouTube as a result because they were not, they didn't want to leave Dr. Disrespect is essentially what it was. Right. And one of the problems was, um, like, they said that if they even heard his voice, you might get panned or something like that. And then, but he's also a game developer. And like one game that had like a, an arena fighting kind of game, they actually got Dr. Disrespect to design a, like a, a level and everywhere around there was like Dr. Disrespect merch in the digital, you know, level. And on top of that, there was a skin in the game with his actual voice. So like you run around as Dr. Disrespect in the game. And it was sort of like, I, I had a question when that came out and I played that game, by the way, I had a question. I was like, what are they gonna? What are they gonna do on Twitch? Are they gonna kick out anyone who plays this game? And this it was was a huge like, you know, every time one of those games comes out, it's big for like you know a week or two. So everyone's playing it. Everyone wants to watch people play it. So it was kind of like really stupid and weird, and no one really knows what's going on. And I was like, if Doctor Disrespect doesn't even have the kind of stability of mm. you know. <laughs> not getting banned on Twitch uh, enough no, that he had he felt the need that he could take them to court, then there's probably not a reason to really build a platform on Twitch was my thought after it happened. Like I was already kind of negative on Twitch because of culture. Mm. But once once that happened, I was like, nah. <laughs> like it ain't and we, we still don't know why he was banned? Nope. We still don't know. Because he's not a real doctor. <laughs> he got, uh, he's it's like Dr. Pepper. Yeah. He should call himself His First, first Lady me. Disrespect. Yeah. Um, what did I say? It's time to fake your own death and then claim you had a twin brother or something like that. You know? Yeah. Just, something, right? just go all out. Was actually respect. Totally Honestly, different. someone deserved... He went into E3, which is this like game development... Like, yep they're showing off their new products thing. And he was like, I'm going to have my camera crew follow me everywhere. And we're going to stream it live to Twitch. And he had them follow him into the bathroom, a public bathroom where other people were going to the bathroom. And, and like afterwards, he was like, that was dumb. That was a dumb decision. <laughs> and it was an invasion of other people's privacy. <laughs> and it was like, okay, that one is the only one that actually made sense. <laughs> but like everything else, was like insane 
And there's stuff about Twitch thoughts on there, like they get banned and then they get brought back and they keep changing the rules over whether or not they want Twitch thoughts to be successful because they make a lot of money off of them. But then sexualized content for minors is kind of a problem area and most of their viewership is minors. And it was just, it's just It's a only a disaster. problem area if it's not in your elementary school and it's, and, <laughs> and it's, and it's heterosexual. If it's yeah. trans stuff, I think that's totally, I don't think you're up on the moral <laughs> well the well the the big one is amaranth like some girl got banned for like she picked up her cat and like put it behind her and let it drop you know like in the cat I caught did, itself obviously. i throw my cat on stream all the time what i, I know i get missing out of my <laughs> like, way all too. The time. Like, exactly yeah. she got banned on twitch for that and another woman amaranth who's huge on twitch by the way uh she spit vodka in her cat's mouth and pretty much nothing for that one. And it's Did like, that one's actual. vodka in her cat's mouth? <laughs> yes. That's actually really horrible. <laughs> and she didn't really get in trouble because she makes them enough money. And I'm like, oh my God, this place is a disaster. Every time I like mm. look at Twitch, I'm like, this place is a disaster. I co-stream to it currently. To like try to get people to come over to my YouTube channel, but I do not. I'm like, I don't care. Like, if something happens to it, I'm not, I, I don't care. I'm not gonna lose any money right. or sleep over it. Well, you're smarter address than a, I was. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to address uh, so apparently, uh, Sticks Hex and Hammer recently got banned from Twitch as well, who I like generally. Um, oh, that's pretty good, me too. I didn't know he was also Welcome banned back, from Twitch. Juliet. Thank you. My camera is dying. I don't know. My I think my camera is dying. It starts glitching. Yeah. I'm not in HD anymore, guys. She's actually just like an AI, uh, like cyborg thing. She's a Fed, so that's why. (laughs) Yes. uh, I mistakenly hit the reset button on Juliet over here, and just Just ones and zeros over there, you know. Yep. They figured it out. <laughs> on Do we here. know where you're going, L? Oh, I'm already. Uh, Odyssey, I'm already that's it. Uh, Odyssey, and I'm already on Rumble. I, I just, I'm doing Odyssey, Odyssey this and Rumble week. Are your main ones. I, okay. I already wanted to leave D Live because D Live has treated a lot of people very badly. They changed my name on me out of like the like blue a long time ago, and like gave me like a like month like warning because uh, my name was some bitch I know, which like was fine. Right. Uh, and then they were like, "This goes against our uh, platform rules." Like. And changed it to Ninja Warrior Ninja Warrior zero one one six, and then freezed it where I couldn't change it or froze it. Freezed, froze, 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 froze it, froze it, where they couldn't, where I couldn't change it for like a month, and I was like, this wasn't a platform policy when I created the name because my username on Twitch was Ellis for the Way, which is like an alternative name that I use uh, right. whenever there's a. Uh, you know, when, whenever someone gets offended by the word bitch, right? Uh, right. And so I was like, you know, I could have used those for the way. And I, they were assholes to me. Uh, uh, D-Life has never paid me. Uh, they've kicked off a whole bunch of other people. Again, I feel like my streams, generally speaking, to me, feel pretty tame and like, uh, like not all, like, if I was getting, like, they're not that bad, but like, I guess if someone were watching it who 
like you know has like a ukraine flag in their bio like they probably would be just scandalized beyond you know right because you're asking questions repair yeah no totally uh and uh, you know but uh no i i went to uh, rumble last week it was an amazing first show the rumble community is great the platform itself is you know like it needs some work but like it's got promise and then i'm moving d live to odyssey uh starting on tomorrow tuesday tomorrow so and juliet's gonna be on with me Yay. Oh, cool. Right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, yes. It's happening. All right, cool. I, I like Odyssey. We're usually, we're, we're, we've been streaming to Odyssey for a while. It's got a few glitches. Like, you're going to run into a problem with it live streams. It seems a little where, quirky. Yeah. Yeah. You, the problem you'll run into is live streams after two hours get cut off. Well, it actually only takes the last two hours of your live stream. Um, oh, that's no so, big deal. So you just have to re-upload. Like, when we have a long, uh, you can go and edit and, like, upload the whole thing afterwards. Hmm. But like it archives only the last two hours, which is weird. Um, I mean, it, you, I mean, you do have to pay for uh, Rumble, and part of that is like your uh, like your bandwidth and like terabytes of storage and all of that. So I guess probably I don't I don't maybe that was just a lack of them being able to afford just hours and hours and hours of stored footage. I mean, that's a lot of. It's kind of it's kind of weird that you have to pay for Rumble, but. It is also like a bootstrappy kind of thing you expect from a startup that's like, look, we can't afford the bandwidth and other stuff. So like, okay. Well, the entry level account with Rumble is $10 a month. I went for the $25 a month one, but you can pay upwards of $100, which seemed like a lot. But it used to be, hello there, Drew slash Greg. Uh, (laughs) uh, I went for the $25 one, but it used to be, I believe, $100 or $50. or like It used to be significantly more to even get your foot in the door there. So 10 bucks a month isn't that bad. I mean, I already yeah. pay, I already paid $20 a month for restream for, you know, like, like it's part of it, you know, and that's part of, uh, yeah. doing the whole thing. So yeah, it yeah no, it's, it's not horrible. It's not horrible. <laughs> well, uh, does anyone want to talk about anything in the news lately? That's not about getting banned from Twitch. Yeah. <laughs> I got yeah. I got something that I could do, but if anyone Al, did you say yes? Yeah, yes. I feel like I've kind of monopolized the conversation though. So someone else go first. Uh, so all right, I want to talk about Solomon Rushdie. I mean, okay. I, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for I mean, I'm I'm a huge fan of magic realism and read a couple of his novels, and always thought he was a great supporter of free speech, very anti censorship uh, advocate, and it's it's so crazy to hear some of the tapes people are throwing out there about this because like someone equated it to tra- drag queens getting attacked at drag shows and I and I'm like I, I I would assume that Muslims wouldn't like that either but at the same time I don't see what this has to do with the fatwa from you know 1989. <laughs> <laughs> Like it's it's crazy the the tapes everyone is like you know having on this and then like I'm glad that he's recovering like that's that's to me I was like really worried when when they said he was on a ventilator when they showed him getting taken out on a helicopter that he was not going to make it um, yep. I mean I know he's older but he that would have been before his time that's obvious uh, and it's just terrible that. It fi- like someone finally got close enough to him to to do that much damage. So I've been paying attention to some of the commentary on it, but can you for for the, I mean I know exactly what's going on to the letter, but for for those of us who don't, or for those of 
the other people who don't can you give us like the cliff notes of like what we should like the the high points of what happened and why and maybe maybe go in not everyone knows who he is and what he's famous for as well okay well he's most famous for having written uh the satanic verses but actually his real uh breakout in the if you look at the you know uh his career he wasn't he was famous for a second novel uh, midnight's children it was really big about you know uh indian independence and everything and then he wrote um it's his fourth novel um, is the satanic verses, which a lot of the Muslim community did not like. They found it uh, to be blasphemous. So I think it was the, I want to say the Iranian uh, leader put a fatwa out on him. Was it the Ayatollah? Ayatollah. Yeah. Like $3 million. $3 million, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So he was often, um, he couldn't do as many like reader you know, author presentations, couldn't come to universities quite so much, could hardly travel. It was quite a big deal. And like, for the one is like more recently, people thought it had calmed down that maybe he could, you know, just be like a normal writer and everything. And, but I honestly was like, I don't know that that's the smart decision. I know it happened in 89, but you know, there's a very good chance that they still hold this grudge. I would assume that they do. And that kind of money would make a lot of people, you know, take advantage if they're desperate. And they are also um, like they have a lot of dogma in their thinking at the same time. So he was in uh, he was in New York State to give an, like an author presentation uh, and someone rushed the stage right before he was supposed to go, go speak and stabbed him several times. Uh, there, I, I heard that he could have lost an eye or did lose an eye. That like that one was kind of like iffy news. Uh, he was on a ventilator. They took him out on a on a helicopter, and for a while there, he was not responsive or talking or anything. And then I think it wasn't until yesterday that he was off ventilator and able to speak and even made some jokes because which I was glad to hear. The funny thing though is that some people were making jokes about him being stabbed and some people so in in reaction some people were like how did you possibly say that that's so horrible and I'm like I'm pretty sure pretty sure that Salman Rushdie would be one of the first people to say that they could say whatever the fuck they want <laughs> like even if it might be too soon um because he's always been pretty Stunt. I mean, he's basically been under threat, you know, life-threatening uh, circumstances for free speech since '89. So I, I don't think there's anyone we could take more seriously when it comes to free speech. Yeah, I mean, he he changed his name for a while, right, to Anton something, and like, yeah. yeah. Um, I I I assume so. When the Satanic Verses came out, I was alive, so because I'm older than you guys. Uh, but um, I never read it, but I know um, just the title was triggering to a lot of religious people. Like the title itself was massively triggering. Like lots of people who didn't read the book either were like hate, like used him as a pariah because he wrote a book called The Satanic Verses. Now, um, someone in chat says in it what he does is. Uh, Dion says this, the book is about Muhammad hearing the word of God, but the book implies that the devil was the one whispering in his ears, not God. And it's, and it uses like the, the most horrific parts of the Quran 
Uh, so it's definitely not flattering of of <laughs> Islam. Let's put it, put it to put it mildly. <laughs> <sighs> So what yeah. what do we say? So what do we? Okay, so that's the story. Is there any is there any commentary on? I mean, I don't know. I like. I'm glad he's okay. I don't know. I, I don't people, really know what else to say. I mean, people have been using it in weird ways to me. Like a lot of people have been using it to say that this is a sign of cancel culture, and maybe it's fed into it slightly. But I don't cancel think cancel culture. <laughs> I know, I know. And then like, <laughs> I mean, I know, not at uh, you, just like. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And like, but then like uh -huh. at the same time, some people have been using it to say like, oh, this is the consequences of, you know, being uh, of hate speech, essentially, like the, the two different sides on it. And I'm like, it's it's it kind of predates our culture war. And right. maybe our culture war, war like has a little bit to do with it, but they're overemphasizing, I, I would say deplatforming and cancel culture culture kind of things to talk about Salman Rushdie's, you know, recent attack. I don't think it has as big a factor as they seem to take it. Like either side seems to be taking, you know, it's like they're the, the pro cancel culture people are like, Oh no, these are the consequences for being, you know, Islamophobic or whatever. And it, it, it's like both of them are, are using it to their trying to anyway, to their advantage. Right in conversations when it's not really related to mo the modern culture war at all is what you're saying it's, it's related to something from the 80s yeah well yeah. that and it's more i mean to me it's way more similar to like what happened and i'm like totally blanking on the name of that newspaper in france charlie something oh charlie, charlie hebdo yeah that yeah. and then i recently like within the last year i think there was a french teacher who was beheaded because he'd been accused of saying something mm-hmm negative about islam i think um so and there was a we... dutch filmmaker a few years ago yeah. that was also killed wasn't he for uh making an anti-islam film right and not that it's actually the case but you know they like they tried to float that the whole um embassy thing was uh caused by a video that was put out the um why oh yes, she, yeah, I remember. <laughs> they tried to claim that that's what the reason was. Yeah, it was what Hillary claimed the attack in Benghazi was about. That's what. Yeah, I was like, and it had nothing to do with that. No. But of course, uh, when your policies are uh, partially the reason for the violence, if you can blame a internet video, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, just this this like blasphemy violence from from Muslim. You know societies that's not new it's not it's it's really old at this point and it has nothing to do with our cancel culture like maybe he has less support than he used to from us as a society because of cancel culture but i like these violent attacks have very little to do with cancel culture <laughs> yeah i mean i would i would say there's some shared uh there's some shared philosophical premises between the progressives and the radical Islamists, like I would agree sure. with that. Uh -huh. <laughs> if, we're, if we're being really, if we're being really honest here, it's it's a, a a plain as day example of you know centuries of uh, psyops that have led to uh, another kind of subgenre of 
people who are willing to go to violent uh, and extreme lengths to defend the words and rhetoric of uh, religious and political leaders who uh, aren't the ones putting their own neck out for it and, you know, creating these calls to action in order to control the masses and those that are easily manipulated and, and led. Uh, like, it's, it doesn't happen just in radical Islam. It happens across the board. This is just a, Absolutely. A, an example of it. Yeah, I think you're spot on. The the other thing that really struck me, I don't know if this is Alex, you've it sounds like actually both Alex and Elle have read a lot more about this than I have, but I only read like one article. But uh I what struck me was uh this article and the NPR news story that I heard on the radio, they were both like, We have no idea what the motive is. I'm like, Really? Really? <laughs> oh, I know. You're not willing to go out on a limb and speculate. I'm I'm like it like I have no idea what this anything about what's going on, but I'm pretty sure I know what the motive is. Like, I don't. This is not. I know when that when it first came out on Friday, and they kept saying that motive unclear, motive unclear, and I'm like, how is the motive unclear? The motive has been the same. It's been since '89. It's the same motive. <laughs> There's been a fatwa on the sky for like decades, and yeah, who knew? We'll, we'll be trying to learn the subtle complexities of this act for. Yeah. Many years to come. We may never yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost it's, as if the attacker were a minority kind of stuff is. doing something politically incorrect and we don't know what the motive is. Hmm. <laughs> it's, pro- it's probably a white man's fault, to be honest. We really <laughs> I'm like, surprised that the headline didn't say knife injures <laughs> <laughs> knife injures author. Stabbed yeah. in the, a knife yeah. <laughs> Ran itself into the Salman Rushdie was eyeball. on stage when a knife attacked him. <laughs> Wait, those self All on its TVs. own. Yeah, right. A fully fully automatic tactical assault knife. <laughs> a ghost knife even, you know. Probably was 3D I think yeah, we need to ban market. 3D printable knives. Right. Uh, yeah, cuz that's they're going to be a real problem in the future. I'm going to disable my camera for just a second, but I'm still here. So one second. How dare you? I'm sorry. I'm actually running my kitchen to grab another Red Bull. (laughs) Oh, I mean, I'm not your dad, but you think me, you want to consider (laughs) dialing that down just a bit or what? (laughs) Another fucking Red Bull, Bull, huh? (laughs) Was eight ounces. All right, so it's not. It's like a. It's like a baby one. It's like a like a appetizer. Someone just send her a pound of cocaine. <laughs> no. Get it over with. <laughs> listen, listen. No. <laughs> All right. No. All right. Taurine's okay though. It's not. The, it's not. Yeah. Well. Oh what god. Is this I can't. I can't even drink a sip of taurine before I'm sick. Like, really? That stuff is fucking killer. <laughs> I don't know how you it's, guys, how anyone. It's drink. got vitamin B six in it, so <laughs> so much. Yeah, it's healthy. <laughs> and There's a vitamin. They put and also a some vitamin calcium in pantothenate. At most, wow. <laughs> something. Mm-hmm. Most energy drinks have those. <laughs> I don't even know what it is, to be honest. Again, if my heart's going to explode, it's going to be on my terms and not on you know, Albert Burns. Yeah, fair so. enough. I can respect yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've accepted it. I've made my peace with it. <laughs> Should we talk about, do we have to, I think we have to talk about the Mar-a-Lago 
thing, right? Do we don't we have to? No. So I I've been avoiding it on, on my show. I like maybe a little bit of passing commentary, but like, and, and, and like we can, and I'm I'm down to participate. But I kind of feel like here's kind of my like recent take on it. Can I can I can I monopolize the conversation for a second? Everyone right now, every single day. We know. By the way, Al, we know what we're getting when we invite you to be on the show. So don't stop apologizing for yourself. <laughs> I'm trying to be more cognizant. I have a sign on my wall that says "Slow down, stupid." That I see all the time when I'm streaming because I talk way too fast and I like talk over people. It's a thing that I do, and I I I, 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 I don't want to come off as like I do want to hear what y'all have to say. That's the whole point of this. Uh, but but day in and day out, we see everyone. Uh, Particularly, uh, it, it kind of tr it trickles down from like mainstream media to like the the major kind of players on all sides of the you know pers uh, you know of, of whatever perspective, kind of just discussing like the like standard issue like one two three talking points for the day and maybe some people will deviate from it but that then kind of spins off its own little subgenres of talking points underneath that but it's a it's a very formulaic thing and. Everyone and everyone right now is talking about Mar-a-Lago nonstop. I don't feel like there's probably anything that we could give as insight here that people can't get somewhere else. And I feel like, I mean, granted, I do want to know as things are happening with it. I do want to talk, like, you know, I want to keep up with it. But I, I haven't been talking about it on my show because, like, I, people aren't going to, aren't. I feel like they're probably not tuning in to watch me give the same sort of, like, half-assed, lukewarm takes that everyone else is. And that's about all I could offer, so... With that being said, that's, let's go for it. <laughs> no, that's fair. I, I don't actually have strong opinions about it either for similar reasons, which is I'm like, I don't know. Like it's everyone's kind of doing their take on it and there's not there's really a lot of There's something adjacent yet. to it, though, that's like all happening right now unfolding, which was my topic to discuss today. More and more stuff is dropping like by the hour about the uh, FBI informants uh, in the Gretchen Whitmer case. And it oh. is salacious like or what maybe that's wait, no wait a minute word. wait a minute that's sexy right what does salacious mean uh no no salacious is, that's correct i mean you can use you can use it in that sense it's 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 not like only no it fans means appealing sexy. or stimulating sexual desire it's not that never mind it's not that it, but it but it but it's scandalous rather maybe oh okay it does not it's oh not yeah having on. or conveying undue or inappropriate interest in yeah. i always thought salacious and scandalous was kind of similar but i guess scandalous okay salacious has a a connotative mean that is more mm. close to you know uh scandalous but denotatively it's not but <laughs> if you tell people it's salacious they'll listen to what you're about to say much more closely yeah, probably. I went, I went thirty grand into debt over an English degree, and I have a lot of like words that I learned like eight years ago bouncing around in my head. But like sometimes I don't quite know like where exactly. <laughs> yeah, the English I'm like, degree was. There? <laughs> yeah, but no. let's be honest. The English degree was recent enough that they probably tried to teach you that definitions didn't exist and that words didn't exist and nothing existed and you know it was all well i did go like full-on like idiot uh post-college for a while there but uh it was not it was not as bad as it as it is now i was there from 2008 to 2013 yes it took me five years to get an english degree <laughs> um but it uh... is your native language so that's pretty sad there's a King of the Hill is one of my favorite shows, and there's a where where Hank is oh, like, yeah. Bobby, you made a C in English, Bobby, you speak English. <laughs> I love that. Like one of my that favorite one's quotes. so good. <laughs> 
Well, I also graduated in 2013, but that's when I got my hey. uh, graduate degree in English. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, cool. well, that's why Alex knows the difference between salacious and scandalous. Uh, no, that's no. I I I think that there's definitely something to be said for like being like truly like learned and 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 well educated. Uh, what I was like, I, I was going to I like just to waste time in between <laughs> high school and like until I finally had to become an adult. Mm-hmm. Like pretty much is what it ended up feeling like. So Good I was trying to learn how to write a novel. So okay. and I was successful. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. yeah you <laughs> Julia, did. both like <laughs> I have a novel. <laughs> I've been meaning uh, to read your novel. I think I started it, but then you made me read House of Leaves, so I had to switch and prioritize. <laughs> yeah. It's That's called awesome. when it's called When the Lights Flicker Out. Ooh. Completely I'm independent. Definitely not published. looking this up right now. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I I went completely independent with it because I didn't want to give like Amazon any of my money. Wait, Juliet, <laughs> do you have an English degree as well? No, political science. Okay. I actually okay. went, I was going to be English with a minor in journalism. <laughs> then, but then you figured you could, you've been lying since you were a kid. So what do you need that for? <laughs> yeah, I think what did it is I saw I was going to have to take like two full courses that were just on Shakespeare. And Honestly, by my senior year in high school, I was over Shakespeare. I was like, I'm so okay. sick of reading this. I have so much Shakespeare on the bookshelf behind me from college. Oh, I, I love like, Shakespeare. Not doing it. And then, yeah, political science, so it turned out even better. <laughs> well, well, you, you know. learned how to lie to large groups of people. Uh, this is all a So that's, that's better, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'd make a great cult leader, Juliet, honestly. Oh, like, yeah. I would straight up join. Yeah. Awesome. You, you'd have to wear all white. No, uh, <laughs> and yeah. No, well, so, so stuff is, is landing like, like uh, the FBI plot uh, that's kind of unraveling against Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, a, a few months ago, it started coming out that, that like some of the informants were like, uh, had been let go because one guy like oh did my camera just oh it just froze for a second no you're like, here. one guy like okay. like beat his like girlfriend and another one uh oh. now it came out a couple days ago that one of the informants a woman uh was staying in the same hotel room uh in the same bed as one of the other people that were part of this like michigan wolverine uh group uh and uh just today uh it turns out that like this is kind of adjacent to to stuff with Marlago and like now there's all these th- threats being made against ca- like buildings and and high profile buildings and everyone's like oh like whatever so like just today according to one of the other FBI informants because it was just a it was like <laughs> like in this group of like 12 people it was like 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 eight informants and then like four mentally ill like idiots you know what i mean uh and 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 repeatedly repeatedly they wanted to disband this group and to uh and and to stop you know meeting as their little militia and the informants were integral in making sure that they kept on doing it i mean we're like 
getting like direct orders to you know make sure that they realize that they were all together because of this and like we're get, like planting like these seeds of like oh no it's like a, it's a brotherhood and like again it was a bunch of like feds in a trench coat and like <laughs> a few other people that were just you know uh didn't want to be around each other anymore that were kind of being uh psyoped into doing so but an fbi informant uh today uh said that uh in, in lansing remember in uh it was april 30th 2020 there was that big protest at the state at uh the uh michigan uh capital in lansing where everyone went inside and they're like oh this is violent you know trump supporters doing whatever and they were protesting uh uh covid lockdowns right and uh it turns out that michigan state police on that day uh let those protesters into the lansing capital at the specific request of the FBI in order to de-escalate the situation. Uh, and so this was kind of all fed through, again, there's like four or five oh. people in this group. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but like four or five people in this group, a bunch of like FBI informants that have been like sleeping with, doing drugs with, <laughs> uh, manipulating like this group of people that didn't want to be around each other, like paying for all of these, like, uh, you know, uh, training with weapons and all of the, you know, going to the gun range, which like, right. you know, going to the gun range is fun, whatever. Uh, so when that big protest happened against COVID lockdowns on April 30th, 2020, uh, the FBI specifically told the Michigan State Police to let people into the Capitol building in Lansing to de-escalate the situation. And wow. this is this this like landed today, like wow. a couple hours ago. This is huge. This is huge because we're starting like again, this is uh, you know, happened uh pre-January uh, 6th, obviously, but we're kind of seeing the inner workings of, like, how much pull... Because, I mean, D.C., uh, like, Capitol Police kind of work, like, parallel to, but also kind of, like, separate from uh, the FBI and from federal agencies, and that's kind of, like, the whole thing that they're running into right now with, like, Muriel Bowser trying to call in the National Guard. Because, um, again, like... Th there's a lot... Yeah, right, we're right. Uh <laughs> But I, just, it, it, I need to do some research. Repeatedly, <laughs> no, no, no. Re repeatedly, uh, this is happening, and so like we're kind of seeing again, it's getting their playbook land uh, like laid out uh, play by play. And it's uh, Julie Kelly has been one of my go tos on this whole situation. She's been covering it like just without fail, constantly. Uh, but uh, it, it's uh, so. Uh, now it turns out, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, again, the uh, Michigan State Police allowed armed protesters into the Capitol in Lansing on April 30th at the specific uh, request to the to the FBI. It turns out uh, the uh, the guy who ran the FBI field office uh, in Detroit on April 30th on that day is a man named uh, Stephen Dan like D'Antonio. Mm -hmm. uh he was then promoted hang on i've got like this like actual, right he's the guy he, who was in he was the then january promoted mm -hmm. to january 6th and there's a bunch of people that are saying this is a conspiracy theory hang on let me find the exact like the actual um announcement here because it's like they're like this is a conspiracy theory politico's like a like they're uh <laughs> trying to, to link it but okay here we go 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 so here is the uh announcement from october 13th 2020 let me do Wait, stop cam, share screen, share screen. Shwa, shwa, shwa. All right, there we go. 
so this is October 13th, 2020. Uh, Stephen M. Den... I don't even know how to... How, how do you say this? Den... Den... no, I don't know. Den... Den... no. Who was named a chief of the Detroit FBI office a year ago has been promoted to head uh, the Washington field office at a coveted post in the Bureau. FBI Director Chris Ray made the announcement Tuesday, just several days after D'Antonio's agents and state, poli- state police busted up a plot to abduct Governor Gretchen Whitmer. His new official title is Assistant Director in charge. So this is like, it's, this is a clear reward for the Whitmer stuff, obviously. I mean, see, they're not even... You know, a conspiracy theorist would say, yes. Uh, a, a, <laughs> well, I, that's a, not even a conspiracy. A I mean, they're, dangerous they're saying misinformation it. actor or whatever the fuck I am uh, these days. Uh, oh, yeah. I, a harmful misinformation actor might say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it w- when when all the puzzle pieces start kind of looking like they might fit together and people start trying to piece them together you might get some things wrong you might get some things right and what the uh, as we continue to find out uh, the difference between most of the conspiracy theories of late and the truth is about six months time or, <laughs> or a little bit longer uh, this is like again this is a hell of a coincidence is it not uh it, it I, is a hell of a coincidence i mean look even if the plot were real let me just just we can do this without a conspiracy, though. If the plot were real and he really did foil a plot to kidnap a governor of a state, he would get a promotion based on that. Like, that's a thing that gets you a promotion. So he absolutely got the promotion because of that. Now, but now it we're also, finding out all the things they did to make it happen and to make right, it. It also seems like maybe that didn't just land in his lap. Uh, right. <laughs> just just um, let me just read this for the people who are listening. Entrapment. In criminal law definition, the practice of inducing or assisting a person to commit an offense in order to obtain evidence to be used against him or her, an instant or result of this. Huh. Hmm. So this is something that, like, uh, over the last couple of days, like, more, like, I mean, these these things are, like, jaw-dropping to me. And these are, like, so damning. And again... As far as it goes with Trump and Mar-a-Lago, these like the things that are happening there. You know, if they actually did like confiscate his passports, and then Trump was kind of calling for like some de-escalation earlier, which honestly was like a little concerning to me because, you know, if someone's calling, I, like again, it's not like he's like yeah. calling for war, but he was like, all right, well, we need to tone down the rhetoric. Like, I feel like he might actually be worried, uh, and I'm not the only person saying that. And again, my he's subject to change without warning, but like this right here. Uh, when you look at something with a couple more years, uh, you know, having passed and, and the facts being what they are like set in stone about what happened then. Cause it, it's not, I mean, it's kind of all coming out now, but like it all already happened and it's just kind of being uncovered. I, I find that a lot more fascinating because there's a lot more like concrete details mm. and new connections right. to be made. And like, if we're watching, if we're getting a play by play of how they can uh, again, organize kind of on a state and like the interoperability of like the federal and state uh, like law enforcement offices uh, and, and how the FBI can kind of uh, order a, you know, police in a state capital to, to do something like let, you know, protesters into the state capital when they probably otherwise, I mean, you know, we assume they might not have or wouldn't have wanted to. I mean, we're getting a, a play-by-play and a good way to look into uh, maybe some some leads that we haven't, you know, looked at for January 6th. Uh, you know, here in probably about two mm-hmm. years, we'll be uh, back all together on Unsafe Space talking about, you know, yeah. all the pieces coming together about the Mar-a-Lago thing. But honestly, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I tend to focus on tends to be about a year 
old. <laughs> sure, because because it's a lot more concrete. You, yeah, because you need to we can speculate wildly, but like so can everyone else. Right. No, and I think and and the problem is they rely on this. The you know everyone's forgotten about the Whitmer thing, so now the truth comes right. out, and they rely on people not paying this attention to that anymore. Yeah. I mean, this this is yeah. huge, huge. So well, there's right. always there's always a kind of like magician's trick going on right now where they're like, oh, what did my pretty assistant look over there while he's <laughs> like doing something. And like you're not paying attention to what he's doing. Literally, little do you know that he's like setting up the trick. Uh, and the, but I think that actually is more apt than it first appears because you go to a magician to be lied to. You know for a fact that they're going to lie to you. And I think at this point, a lot of people realize that they are being misled in some way. And but it's really hard to get your dopamine and your uh, your. Um, need for sensation under control so that you're paying attention to what the magician is actually doing. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing I, I, what I, what I think is relevant, even, I mean, I think what you're saying is relevant to the Mar-a-Lago thing, just in that, you know, Trump saying some kind of ridiculous things like, Oh, they, uh, (laughs) you know, the, the government, uh, administ- uh, what is it? Services administration mistakenly packed stuff in boxes, and I didn't know. And kind of like he's been doing some like they set me up stuff and blah blah blah. And under normal circumstances, I would have said that seems a little bit crazy. But here we are, after several years of watching the FBI <laughs> and other government agencies pulling off absolutely ridiculous stunts. They've got the Whitmer thing. The January 6th, I mean, look at how they're treating January 6th. It's absolute, it's it's reprehensible how they're treating well, it as if it was, uh, they're treating January 6th like, like it's the civil war. Like someone's tried to start a civil war and invaded Washington. That's how they're treating it. Um, and so the, the agencies where normally we all might have given them the benefit of the doubt and said, well, they did have a warrant and they did go after some sort of Now we're, I'm kind of like, I don't know, because I don't trust you at all. Like, I don't, I, is it feasible that Trump is doing something wrong? Yes, probably not nefarious. If he was doing something wrong, it's more feasible that it's by mistake or because of ego or whatever, and probably not nefarious, but it's certainly feasible that the rest of the government is doing something evil because we've been watching them for the past several years mm-hmm. repeatedly do psyops on us while they're trying to push narratives that are completely false, telling us that, you know, January 6th was an insurrection and it was the worst thing ever since the Civil War, telling us that, oh, look at the right wing people trying to kidnap Whitmer when <laughs> over half of them are, you know, FBI informants. They're doing the same thing <laughs> right now. There's different like FBI field offices. They've like set up like perimeters outside the buildings and claiming there's all these violent threats coming through online. And when it comes down to it, a violent threat, uh, a court, uh, the, the barometer for what a for what a uh, violent threat could be could be someone saying these people are all assholes or something like that, you know, because words right, are yeah. violence and and uh, you know, uh, you know, the the rosary is now you know a violent extremist sig- symbol. You know, like it, the 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 threshold for what counts as a violent threat is is uh, you know when when it's people saying that uh, you know to tie it back to what Rusty, uh, you know. People saying, oh, yeah, he deserved to die and everyone who's defending him deserves to die. That's not violent because that's, you know, just 
you know, they can't help themselves. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a, what was it like, like Facebook and Twitter, both, or at least Facebook, like changed their rules. Uh, you know, when people were calling for like the death of like Russian leaders, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, the rules yeah. change. That's not, that's not surprising. Uh, well, but like it's, rules- hap- it's happening again. They're setting up, they're setting it. Cause it, there's a, fucking midterm election here soon and i hate to think right, about right, things right. in terms of elections but like there's a midterm coming up it's like all of a sudden you know alex jones is in court uh, like we have not heard a single solitary peep out of uh like joe or kamala or or really anybody for a long time because now the media is it's all it's all about what's happening with trump just day in, day out. Oh, yep. he's got nuclear codes. Oh, he's got this, that, and the other. Oh, he's, the walls are closing in. Or just add it to that compilation. Uh, and yep. it, they don't have to talk about the fact that this, uh, you know, uh, Inflation Reduction Act is arming a whole other paramilitary, like, uh, you know, subsection of, like, the IRS to come after the little guy. Uh, mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, it, they're, they're trying to push to... Uh, the, the ultimate goal with like the whole climate uh, movement is to make it where uh, if you contribute to, uh, gl- to, to to climate change, uh, then you can be charged as an accessory to murder. That's the whole thing that's being pushed behind the scenes by NGOs and nonprofits. There's a whole bunch of it's a, like a Tom Steyer, uh, Bloomberg, Soros, uh, uh, Al Gore's son is involved with it. There's a whole bunch of these different NGOs that are pushing to make it where climate change can be listed as a cause of death. And where you've if, seen a lot of stories about that, by the way, prepping us. Mm-hmm. Yes, you, you see it constantly. Climate change can be listed as a cause of death. They're already doing it in Australia. I'll show you as a blueprint. Uh, if, if climate change can be listed as a cause of death and then they set very specific parameters. That was the whole thing that got uh, overturned by the Supreme Court a few months ago uh, where mm-hmm. they like where they wanted to let a the was it the EPA set on a state by state basis? The environment like the environmental uh, regulations mm-hmm. like by a by an unelected uh, set of, you know, D.C. bureaucrats could set on a state by state basis the uh different technologies they were supposed to adopt the different like carbon capture uh mm-hmm. limits that yep. they, they were allowed to have and how many you know uh carbon credits they'd have to you know pay for to offset those things uh and the supreme court overturned that which i think was a lot bigger than you know we probably realized at the time uh because they wanted to take away the oh that was a great ruling right it was a huge it was huge uh and like this whole thing is again if you can list climate change as a cause of death and then you can set very specific parameters that each state has to follow and then each state has to then, you know, delegate to the different counties and then to the different cities, you know, well, like we, you have this limit here. However, the hell you mar- measure that on a, on a, on a, you know, on a small basis. And so then they're, they're essentially wanting to put local law enforcement uh, on uh, the average person's ass over, you know, carbon limits and if you go over your limit and you don't either pay your fine uh wagey or you know give up meat for a week in order to offset it or whatever you know they can arrest you and charge you as an accessory to murder that's that that is literally the plan and uh, i would like to say that we're a long way off from that but it doesn't really feel like that anymore does it yeah exactly Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean the other day yale 360 uh and they said, you know, uh, part of part of, uh, you know, uh, making sure that bo- abortion is readily accessible is, is also because fewer babies means fewer, like, you know, less climate change. It's like, really, you're just going to say that, like, because you're real yeah. and you can. I don't know. Sorry, yeah. I'm 
just ramp ranting again. No, actually, it fits really well into the book that we just read yesterday that we we had a discussion about because um, it's all about how the the, the anti human premise behind the the environmentalist you. apocalypse movement, right? The people that are doing the scare stuff about the environment, like not that not that humans don't contribute to global warming through the release of oh, fossil Carter. fuels like or carbon. No one's saying that they don't, but the it's it's understanding the implications of that and the consequences of trying to eliminate uh fossil fuels and some of the quotes in this this book uh he sometimes he 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 finds some of these environmentalists who mistakenly say that the quiet part out loud um yeah. and you know they'll 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 admit things like this they'll they'll say I'm more interested in species than, uh, you know, other species than I am in humans, even if it's a billion humans. It's like, okay, well, that's good to know. You want to murder, like, oh, <laughs> you would like to basically reduce the human population and and if starving them is fine, denying them energy so that they can't eat, uh, okay, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Well, um, I mean, there's a huge thing happening right now in Canada that no, I mean, people are talking about it. I don't want to be like, no one's talking about it. But a huge thing that's happening right. in Canada right now is the um, where you can, uh, you know, voluntarily, you know, uh, kill yourself. Right. You know, euthanize yourself. Uh, right. And there's just so many stories coming out of people who are basically being told by uh, doctors who, again, uh, thanks to their universal health care, being told by their doctors, which are paid you know, in part by the government, uh, you know, like, you know, this is kind of a burden. This is going to be uh, painful for you. This is going to be whatever. It would probably be better for you if you took the humane way out and ended your life or, or like people who are going through like severe, like mental distress uh, yep. or, or, you know, facing a potentially tough battle with a, with a, you know, with a cancer or a long-term illness. And, and I mean, people are killing themselves for the government. Yeah, absolutely. They are. Um, and Imagine. you know, you sound crazy to say some of this stuff to people who aren't paying attention, but you're not right. crazy. And I think we'll know, like in a couple of years, some of this stuff will become obvious. Um, if it's not already obvious to a lot of people. Uh, so yeah, I mean, one of my problems you know, with this whole, we, they confirm everything we thought six to eight, six months to a year ago is that they all these people feel vindicated and then they feel like relief and i'm like you shouldn't feel relief you should feel fucking angry that's you when the fight mad. starts mm -hmm. yeah when you, you have your be, concrete proof right yeah you should have been mad you should be mad that they buried this as long as they did that they moved forward on certain policies and you know affected who you might vote for or what you might vote for by burying information. That's what you, you shouldn't be happy. You should not be happy about that when you're getting vindicated six months later. That's a bad, like, I'm, well, I'm because, because tired of this. Because nothing's changed, right? It's like, yeah. you say, hey, we are on a tax farm. They don't care about you. They're treating you like animals. And this is how they think about you. And they're going to control your life. And what they want is for you to be maximally productive for them. And if fewer of you is better for them, then fine or whatever. And you've, like, that's a horrible thing to vindicate. To be like, yeah. yeah, I was right about that. It's like, okay, great. That means that we're screwed right now. So, like, well, I, I feel no. like they, they were throwing no. us a bone every once in a while to make people like chill out. Like, aha, I was right. I get to 
right. say to my family members that I was right about this. And I'm like, that's not that's not the next step. Okay, <laughs> that's not yeah. what you should be doing. Next. I like you about winning an argument. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely I've, I've made that I've, I make that mistake all the time. And it's something that you have to, like, untrain your brain because like you did like it's nice to feel the relief and go haha but like as you said like that's not that's not enough like that's when the that's when the you know shit starts to get good <laughs> uh yeah indy prime said about a, about two minutes ago yeah uh euthanasia uh is according to recent records the sixth highest cause of death in canada now wow that is insane i mean if i had to live under Justin Trudeau, I would consider it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to—I do want to—I want to defend euthanasia just for a moment. Environmentalists, uh, it is the only honest way to fully implement your belief system. Yeah. So. I mean, we said that yesterday that the only way that mm-hmm. if you really truly believed that human impact was. Uh, only negative on the world, then you would kill yourself, not not other people necessarily, but yourself was, at the very least. Well, there was a guy earlier this year, like again, the 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 psyop, the ongoing, like the the nihilism that people have because they've been told over and over again that like they're not going to have a planet, they're not going to have a future, their families aren't going to have a planet or a future, and so they don't ha- they don't plan ahead and they don't think about it. There was a guy that towards the beginning of this year, middle, I don't you know what is time even, uh, like like self immolated. In the name of climate change, yeah. like outside right. of the Supreme Court, right? Like set himself on. You know what? <laughs> that that message accomplishes. So that accomplishes a couple things. One, um, the the system it. the system is trying to mm-hmm. catastrophize everything because if you're in an emergency state, you will mm-hmm. cede control to leaders. So mm-hmm. the primary purpose, the immediate purpose, is that you cede control to other people because it's an emergency. Um, and in an emergency, you can't, you know, they're trying to make the, the other thing they're doing is trying to uh, raise your anxiety level so that it, it, it feels like you don't even we don't even have time to sit down and have a real discussion about it. It's an emergency. The planet's on fire right now. Stop asking questions. We don't have time. The science is settled. Right. Move on. Do this thing like it's, it's an emergency. And you're the one that's going to be responsible for the entire house burning down because you're dragging your feet. Just shut mm-hmm. the fuck up and get on board because it's an emergency. Right. So that's right. that's one of the the. Effects. The other one, though, is a secondary effect, which you just touched on, L, which is when you're not planning for the future, actually, there will be a catastrophe in your life, and that will be in the future because you didn't plan for the future. So you're going to actually need help later on more than you would have if you had been planning for your future. But when you're you're being told, there, like, put everything on hold, this is the emergency. Well, if you do that, you by the way, it's not an emergency and we will be around 50 years from now. So you're going to be stuck with whatever life decisions you made thinking it was an emergency. Uh-huh. I genuinely, when I was a teenager and young adult, uh, like, and I, this might be more common than I think, but like there, I, I really never like envisioned like me living past like age 25, just because like it, it seemed like when your when your brain isn't capable of like wrapping itself like you don't think about long-term consequences you don't really think about anything further than like what's right in front of your face uh i i I genuinely feel like i became sentient sometime in like like my 28th year of being Mm -hmm. on this earth like it's like all of a sudden like things started clicking and like staying there and like remaining permanent and so like all of these people are making just like horrifically lifelong uh decisions 
uh, based on very temporary information and temporary feelings. And this is sad. And I mean, now I'm a 32 yeah. year old cat lady that yells about how much she hates the government, but you know, <laughs> well, look, I'm not going to, I, I know I'm the, the best the, case scenario out of this. <laughs> I think sometimes the three of you are not going to relate to this and I understand and it's fine, but I'm going to, I'm just going to say this for the audience. One of the things that does often accelerate that long-term view and kind of force you to confront it is having kids. Um, because when you, when you have kids, you suddenly are like, shit, what are things going to be like in a hundred years? Right. And it was, it was having kids. It was my, it was actually my child. That is the reason that I do this show. Like I do this, the whole reason I started on safe space was because I, it wasn't right after I had my first child, but it was several years later. And I was, you know, seeing the culture war heat up as in 2013 or 14 or whatever. And I realized like, wait a minute, actually the most important thing for my child is not that she has nicer stuff or we make more money or blah, blah, blah. The most important thing is we need to preserve the products of the enlightenment because they are under massive attack. And what she needs is political freedom band. moving forward. That's what she needs. And what can I do to contribute to political freedom? And I don't even know that I'm doing the best thing that I could, but it's something and it's different than what I was doing before, which was not contributing to political freedom. It was just making money. Right. Well, I, I feel like another way of doing it is legacy building, considering the because I can like for a lot of people having children is a legacy. But like any kind of idea that you really care about this thing and you want it out in the world and you want it to last longer than you and you want the world to exist so that it can exist in the world and be loved by the world you kind of have to care about the long term. Like as a like a yeah. writer, I could see already like very early on that things were going ways that were going to be bad for the novel, for any kind of speech at all. And it really changed my priorities. Like it, I, I didn't have the goal of being a spokesperson for free speech like five years ago. Right. But it... <laughs> But it became a thing when I noticed how horrible everything had gotten for my artistic field. And I realized I had to, if I wanted my artistic field to survive, I needed to step up. Uh, so to me, I feel like there, there's there's a couple of ways of starting to realize how much the future matters. I think most people, their brains you have to fight their you have to fight your own brain to remember that the future exists it's why people stuff themselves because it's like to some extent your brain is all like i might not have food tomorrow and <laughs> whether or not that is actually true um especially if you grew up uh not necessarily always having food but that's just one example so you have to fight your brain to remember that there is a future and having this idea of a legacy beyond your lifetime is a very good way of doing that because it'll remind you constantly that you want the world to be, you want it to exist. You want it to be good and wonderful and great for the things that exist after you. Uh, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's easy though to like really internalize that. Yeah. There's a, there's yeah. like a, I'm sure I'm going to butcher the hell out of it, but there's a quote that I like to like kind of remind myself of, or like a, like a, metaphor of you know the the wise men plant trees that they know they'll never sit in the shade of but mm -hmm. like yep. and, like it kind of puts it all into perspective like if you're planting like trees or even in like a, like a short term like i you know every year i try my hand at 
you know, planting random things. It's not like I'm planting them because I know that right then and there I'm going to have peppers and tomatoes and okra and stuff like that. It's because I know that in a few months I will. And like, like you, it was so ingrained in me uh, when I went through, I, I went to an SEC school like well before any of this, but it was so ingrained in me that like, uh, like the best thing that I could do to serve my twenties would be to focus on myself and my career and like, you know, put, me first and like I wish I hadn't done that but you know it is what it is now but you don't you're not told to think about like really long term it's about like getting the most that you can at that moment and like yeah I mean YOLO honestly like <laughs> if you look into like like but the, like that like whole kind of like era I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not like it sounds funny but like kind of like honestly like where did that originate like who put that thought there because that really did kind of spark like a cultural phenomenon where people are like Oh yeah, and I then all these like movies. Of, I think it's a product all these of nihilism movies came and cynicism. Out. Yeah, all these mm -hmm. movies came out that kind of supported it, like yeah. Yes Man, that was like Jim Carrey and Zoe Deschanel. It was just like, yeah, just do whatever, you know, fuck the consequences. Like, and, mm -hmm. and that, like, like that, that was inspiring to me about at the time. You know, you don't see, uh, you know, movies about someone who decides to. Uh, I mean, yeah, you do, but like in, in pop culture, you don't see movies like about someone who just decides to like slowly get their shit together and forgive themselves when they you know <laughs> right. fall short because that would be a pretty boring what, movie. What a but it makes movie. a really, it makes a really, in, it makes a really inspiring like, uh, you know, <laughs> it, it it creates like more inspiration and drive like for yourself. But like, uh -huh. I, like I have things that I like say out loud to myself whenever I'm like falling short because I have to like constantly break like you know, cycles that I've like conditioned myself in mentally. I, yeah, I, we all, we've all, if you really take the time to think about it, I've all just done like an absolute number on ourselves mentally, like the things mm -hmm. that we've you know, like, conditioned ourselves to believe and, and to do and to like knee jerk react as, and uh, like, it's a, it's a mess. And it, it's, My it's usually painful and difficult to do that. <laughs> so <laughs> we just don't, or at least I haven't <laughs> for the longest. My best friend said something really interesting about YOLO when it was really popular that kind of like changed my opinion of it, like really made me go, yeah, this is terrible. Uh, he <laughs> said, um, he, he, someone said to him once YOLO and he said, yeah, and I don't want to spend it with a colostomy gag. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just going to say, yeah, <laughs> I, I, so Alex, I was going to say, I, and actually Elle, I don't think... I don't. I don't think the problem is not focusing on yourself. I think it's um, not recognizing that as a human, your ultimate happiness requires the engagement of your prefrontal cortex and long-term planning. And that when you are indulging in the moment, you're not focusing on yourself. You're focusing on your feelings and your indulgement, but you're not actually focusing on bettering yourself yeah. like if you if someone were to say YOLO and you're really going to take it well you would absolutely think about okay well great I only live once I better make really good decisions for the long term because I only live <laughs> once like the YOLO YOLO is actually interpreted kind of the opposite of what I would interpret it which is it, it almost acts like you live as many times as you want you can just hit the reset button do whatever you feel good yeah. like, it's like well that's not <laughs> If you really only live once, you aren't wildly irresponsible and self-indulgent. You are thinking about what you would like long-term, what your values are, and tr trying to organize your life in a way in which 
long term, you get the, the happiness that you want, not the short term satisfaction of stuffing your face or doing drugs or whatever it is. But, that, but that's not the way that it was carried out culturally. It was no, people going no. cliff diving who didn't have the experience and had never like practiced for it and, you know, fracturing their spine and dying. I had a friend of mine whose right. best friend did that. Uh, her and her and her father both died because she died. Then her dad tried to save her and then he died, you know, like like just like that kind of stuff. And that was what in like the like 20, like 15 era. And I never knew her, but I mean, my, my, my best friend, she was devastated. And I'm sure she thinks about it all the time. That kind of like, again, sure. just do something adventurous, do something crazy, do something, you know, you would never ordinarily do. And I'm not saying, you know, like you do have to take risks and, and, and you, you know, like I'm not, you know, all work and no play makes Johnny a dull boy or slow boy or whatever the phrase is. But like, I think you it know, makes a murderous family. Calculated, <laughs> you know, you take calculated risk. Although I guess I shouldn't be quoting Stephen King. It's, I mean, but there's there's a difference between uh, enjoying your like making time to enjoy your life without without making that a sacrifice to your long term goals and values, right? So, uh, oh, sure, you know, you can you can say it's it's a it's a special occasion. I achieved something. I'm gonna go out and eat cake and ice cream or whatever as first because it's my birthday. Like, fine, but if you do that every day uh, because YOLO. Then, then your your live your your that one life that you live is going to be you know shortened. Well, and then anytime there is some sort of you know movement that could be you know very harmful to your long term enjoyment of your life, you know there's there they then create some sort of uh, you know protected class of people like the I, I used to be uh, morbidly obese. And I accepted a lot of the truths that like the health at every size movement gave and the, and again, I, I don't see absolutely, I don't want, I don't want anybody to hate themselves, you know, regardless of anyone's size. If, sure. if you're struggling with your weight, if you're morbidly obese, I don't want you to hate yourself. But I, like, I accepted a lot of things about myself and, and was made to believe and, and truly did believe that they were truly beyond my control. I blame things like PCOS, which like most every woman has. And so like, you know, it's, it doesn't make you special and unique to have PCOS. Many, many women do like there, you can have things that make it more difficult to like maintain your weight. But like, I really accept a lot of those truths. And when I finally like took accountability and, and, and started doing something about it, it actually, it pissed me off how easy it actually was. No, I'm not like, I, I, I really got mad because I lost like 50 pounds in about like, like three or four months. Uh, mm -hmm. And I was, I got, I got, I was pissed. Yeah. Cause I, was like, I spent my entire twenties basically morbidly obese for what? Mm -hmm. Cause a bunch of people yeah. told me that I should love myself and that this wasn't my fault. And that, you know, every body is a beach body, like, you know, every uh, body is bikini ready. And like, I had all those mantras and shit and like, it's like, well, no, well actually like I, I sleep like two and a half hours less a night. Like I used to, like, I required so much less sleep. Like I don't get sick all the time. Like I used to, my uh -huh. like, knees don't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know. I, but you can't <sighs> criticize fat people or, or like criticize that, like the, the acceptance movement or whatever, or like give constructive criticism because it's violence. Or words. There's a difference between acceptance and approval, and I think <laughs> right, if yeah. you're fat or you're you have something else about you that you that you want to change or that's inherently not good for you, you can say, "Well, I accept that this is who I am, and this is a fault of mine." We all have mm -hmm. faults. We all we're like none of us sure. are perfect, except for Juliet. Um, none of <laughs> yeah. us are perfect. She's a perfect baby um, angel. We love so her. <laughs> we all have faults, and there's a difference between saying, "I accept where I am," and 
of the things that I could change, these are the important things that I want to change about myself. That doesn't require self-rejection or self-hatred. You don't have to hate yourself because you're overweight, but you no. also don't have to uh, you don't have to approve of where you are. You can be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I accept the reality of where I am, but I don't approve of these things about myself." Okay, that's motivation to change. It's Ooh, learned was... helpless it's learned helplessness and then the creation of like the protected class of like if anyone says something that hurts your feelings about this subject, they're out to get you and we need to you know off with their head so to speak sorry i didn't mean to interrupt (laughs) you i just read your i just read your response in chat someone asked l her secret to weight loss and your basic response was eat less no i I literally didn't say that i said count calories no you said count calories that is that is that is fundamentally not the same thing counting calories and eating less is fundamentally not the same thing it is a mathematical equation there's an amount of calories that you need to take in every single day to maintain an equilibrium right you take in an amount of calories you burn off a set amount of calories if you maintain an equilibrium you will not gain or lose weight if you maintain a deficit you will lose weight (laughs) It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing at all. Okay? It's not the same thing. I agree. I I know it's technically not the same thing, but I looked at it and like that's what I that's what I heard. CNN (laughs) Experts agree that it's the same thing. Counting calories is a white supremacist movement. Yeah, where well, you did drink milk. Well it is, isn't it? Like there that I've like seen those articles that were like unironic, but I don't know. Like ever, <laughs> because I had a learning disability and they taught it young enough, like, and I had to work my ass off to get over it and everything. I don't know. Like I have this idea that like, I, if I have a problem, I can overcome it and I don't mm-hmm. need anyone to like, you know, make all these accommodations for me. I like, so when I found out I had generalized anxiety disorder, I wasn't running around telling everybody to be careful around me. Like, mm. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like having a learning disability actually ended up being to my benefit personality wise, because yeah, it taught me that I can overcome difficult things and that they're in my control. Uh, That's empowering as hell. Is it not? Yeah. 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 <laughs> it was nine. Yeah. Do, do, do you mind? Uh, sharing what what it's, it's, it's a, yeah i don't care i don't i'm not okay. ashamed of it i just like it's out of my control that i had it like I, whatever uh i have a type of dyslexia so like most people learn how to read through phonetics you know mm-hmm. they like sound out words to spell them and stuff like that um i had i had to learn how to read instead by the whole language approach which is a fancy way of saying memorization so yep. I memorized Damn. how to pronounce everything, how to spell everything, and how to read everything. So I usually see words as whole units instead of their broken up parts. I have to fight to see them as not a single unit. Mm-hmm. Um, That's impressive. And at the time, I, it affected my memory too. Like I had like no memory, no like I I lost like fifty coats, uh, and my mom hated me for that. <laughs> because it's a lot of coats to lose. Um, but then uh, learning to read that way made my memory better than average, actually. Huh. So um, I, I think it was to my benefit to have a learning disability at this point. Huh. <laughs> There's now a whole debate about counting calories. I'm, I, I don't want to get into a nutrition debate. I know. I do that. not count. I do um, not count calories, but I already cut out so much of so much food that I <laughs> won't do it. I will say counting calories is a, it sounds like it's a great way. I do think the, what calories matter. 
Oh uh, yeah. I'm, oh, I mean that's. Yeah. But if you're if you're looking if you're looking for a jumping off point though, like you can yeah. get into like macros and all of that stuff. But if someone is just unhappily overweight, and you know, like part of my thing that I've had to learn is like I have this like all or nothing kind of mentality about things which is just it sets my it sets me up for just disappointment and this like feeling of like crushing failure that mm-hmm. will like cause me to like just freeze up in fear and then not do anything uh and I've had to learn how to do things you know incrementally I can't like I, I have like a juicer in my pantry right now from like the time where I drank nothing but like cayenne water with fucking lemon in it for like a week <laughs> like, like you know uh like and I was juicing my own lemons and I'm like oh this is gonna be great and like don't drink the cayenne water with lemon for a fucking week. I tried like, that know. once it was horrible <laughs> There, there is no, there is. It no, makes you not want to do it. Basically, is what it does. Right, like it's. <laughs> there's a lot of things that happen to your body that are like unpleasant. Uh, yeah. But like, there's like you know when people want to when people are like very very unhappy with their weight and very very morbidly obese, like I was. Like I wanted someone to be like, oh yeah, I just eat like a you know a spoonful of grape jelly every night before I go to sleep, and the you know the weight just right. falls off of me. That, there, there, there is no solution like that. Either pick up a Coke habit or count your calories like an adult. You know what I mean? Like, like the macros and learning about nutrition. Two equal like options comes, to consider. That comes late. Well, Coke, Coke is more expensive. Let's be real. Um, That's true, and it might and you might like, have some heart problems eventually. You might, go uh, to or you turn out to be Charlie Sheen. Well, you're gonna have heart problems either way. True. You know? I, true. Yeah, I lost a lot of weight once from just exercising a lot. I didn't change my diet at all mm-hmm. because I already I didn't had want to do that shit. Pretty... <laughs> I wanted to. I wanted energy, and it ended up being really good for me for a while. I slept really well. I was energized. Mm-hmm. I could do stuff all day, and then mm-hmm. I I fell out of habit. But I, I at the end there, I was doing something. I was doing like twenty different workouts in a row, like just a bunch of high intensity stuff. Good for you. Yeah, I I did not keep it up though, but I did win a weight loss competition with it. Wow. <laughs> yeah, nice. that's awesome. I go on walks. Oh, anyway, it's just like I just go outside for my stupid mental health, and it actually like does a it does. I wish it didn't work, but going outside and walking around this little pond I live by is like. Oh, it totally works. But I wish it doesn't. I wish it didn't work. The sunlight really really does. works. It's helpful and movement. Yeah. 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 But uh, what I did, and what you can't I did, even you can't like go I'm in sorry. a video game and get sunlight and and work out in the video game. I've tried um, that. Yeah, you have to actually do it. Welcome to the metaverse. You just invented <laughs> it again. No, really quick. I'm gonna give you like the like the 30 second like overview. Uh, I kept a food diary for like a month, and I didn't calculate up any of the calories or anything. I just wrote down everything that I was eating, like all of it, all of it. And then after the fact. Because before I kept like a, I would keep like a little, you know, app or whatever where, you know, you track what you've had and what you've eaten. But I would lie on that. And I knew that I was lying on it. But I'm like, oh, I'm not going to include that. So like I just wrote it all down. And then after the fact, I went back and like added up like, all right, how many calories am I taking in a day? And there were some days where I would take like take in upwards of like like over like 4,000 calories a day. Like it's like an insane amount of calories yeah. every day. Yeah. Uh, well, not every day, but like like some days. And then there were some days where it was, you know, a normal amount. But like there were some days where it was like, like the amount that like a, a professional like weightlifter or like bodybuilder would be eating, Sumo and I was like, someone, yeah, <laughs> just like a bartender with a you know drinking problem kind of thing. So like, yeah, of course I was overweight. Um, not not the same kind of lifestyle. And so then after that, uh, you know, now 
after like in hindsight turns out that these are not you know exactly uh like great guidelines but there are <laughs> i'm not a professional and you shouldn't listen to me just let me preface this so if you you know mm. something happens it's not my fault <laughs> uh but there are like kind of calculators that give you a good uh they give you a good indicator like where you put in like your height and your weight and like your like relative activity level and it gives you a kind of like a ballpark estimate of how many calories like you need to take in on a daily basis and so then uh if you maintain about uh, what is it? About 3,500 calories, give or take. This is not as exact as I, you know, put my faith in, but about 3,500 calories is give or take about a pound of mm -hmm. like body weight. So if you maintain a deficit of 500 calories a day from whatever that like level is, you'll lose about a pound a week. And again, it's not exact. And you should probably like, if you, if you like, don't listen to me, go to like a <laughs> Well, I you know, like I don't I don't even go like the doc like doctors are going to tell you that you're happy and whatever. I don't know. They'll put you on an antidepressant. <laughs> so like yeah, right. which is what yeah. No, like the that happened to me that though. You're overweight. I it's went that to a you doctor. need this new drug. I did. Yeah, I, I put you on an antidepressant that makes you gain weight. Yeah. They put me on Lexapro <laughs> and I wanted to kill myself. That's, yeah. Like I mean, <sighs> that happened to me, so. There are not enough doctors out there that pay attention to diet. Like not enough. They no. don't they do not mm. pay attention to how it affects your brain, your mm. body. Like it's bad yeah. enough that they don't pay attention to how it affects your body. I say that chugging they, Red Bull, but yeah. And then they don't <laughs> they don't pay attention to what you're eating, how it affects your brain. Like it's mm -mm. ridiculous. There there is a movement I think where it's getting a little bit there's like a like a I think because of social media, there's an there's a alt industry of doctors who are starting to do that. Like mm -hmm. Sean Baker's got a group and like, there's some other people that like they, they're like, okay, you know what? When my, when someone presents with a problem, a, a chronic problem, the first place we look is like, what are they eating? Like what's their, what's their <laughs> diet? That was, that was that hilarious story from Jordan Peterson, where he had a woman come in who said she was depressed and tired all the time. And he asked her what she was uh -huh. eating. And she said she skipped breakfast and then she ate a bowl of rice for lunch and a bowl of rice for dinner. And he's like, you're surviving on two bowls of rice. <laughs> yeah. she's like, First of all, eat more. And he's like, you yeah. don't need a, you don't need a, a counselor. You need a dietitian. Right. Well, and not not to mention, most of us grew up with like the food pyramid that tells you like you should be eating what like like fifteen servings of like grains a day. And yeah, what like, yeah, yeah. turns out the food pyramid is correct. It's just inverted. Yeah, <laughs> that, like fat is actually good, and you know, in the right kind oh, of the fat. war on fat from the sugar industry. <laughs> I'll, look, I gotta say the the times in my life that I do it which I don't always do because it's not, but like when I eat carnivore, I, it, there's nothing better. Like I am way, way more energy. I sleep, I sleep That's way less. Peterson's daughter does like, yeah, it's oh. awesome. The issue is, you know, I, I like to have other stuff sometimes. So like I, I often do like a quasi carnivore thing and it's like not totally carnivore. So no, no. like, no, like, so, but the thing about like calorie counting and things like that, like being forgiving on yourself, it's like people who do like the keto diets or whatever, they're like, oh, I can't eat like a, like a crouton on my salad or else it'll like throw my body out of keto like ketosis or ketosis, whatever. Right, yeah. And it's like, well, you know what, if like, if you're keeping like a calorie diary or whatever, and like you go over one day, you know what, the next day you just like 
get back on your wagon. Like if you're going out to like dinner or whatever, like you can forgive yourself and be like, you know, obviously try not to make a habit out of it, but you're not like one, you don't throw your body out of like a a rhythm that you've artificially put yourself in because you're not eating fucking bread. Like, yeah. And that's the thing with like carnivores, like, okay, well, uh, if you get, if you get into it, you can do stuff like once in a while you can break out of it. It doesn't kill you. It's fine. Right. Mm -hmm, But you can't, uh, I just don't enjoy like some people can eat steak every day and that's like that's it and they're oh, happy but <laughs> I you know eventually I'm like I don't know I I want a vegetable or a car well, so the, when your story uh, your example L of someone like having a crouton on their salad I find that so like it makes me laugh but it also makes me a little bit angry because You've seen someone do it before though yeah, I have. Like, but the thing yeah. is, is that if I literally did eat that crouton, I would be sick. Like I'm, I'm, I have a medical condition. So to me, I'm sorry. Right. Like, you shut up. You eat that damn crouton. <laughs> and you enjoy it. <laughs> well, that I mean, I like I worked in the restaurant industry for over ten years. Now we would have people who would who would you know say that they had an allergy to something, which like you have to like prep in like a whole different area, and like again more than willing to accommodate a serious food allergy or whatever like that but it takes like a whole different level of like prep and cook time versus like i'm on you know i'm on an all-carb diet you know karen or whatever like what's the question like mean girls you know i can't go to taco bell i'm on an all-carb diet like that kind of thing like it's, it's like we get that it's a preference but like if like it, it takes a whole different aspect of the kitchen and people like again because it became so normalized for a long time uh, and celiac became like a, like, like a trendy thing for people to claim that they have. Like I have a friend who has celiac and she had to have like part of her uh, lower intestine removed. Like that's how serious it is for her. You know, people who are like, I don't, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want bread. It's like, that's not, you know. (laughs) Like I, I'm not as bad as, as someone who has celiacs. I will be in the bathroom for the next two days. But I won't be in the hospital. But at the right. same time, like it's it honestly, before I got on my medical diet, I was sick every day. I just thought I was sick and that this was gonna be my life. I did on a medicalized diet and I'm And fine. how many doctors did you have to go to before you finally had someone like help you figure it out? Zero. Zero no. doctors really? help me figure this out. Like <laughs> I'm serious. I ate an apple and I about died and I re- and I was like, what is so I start researching and I go I fall down the rabbit hole. That's da- that's dangerous. They said don't it go is. down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I start reading yourself. all these medical these like science these studies about what you could be reacting to and all this stuff. And then I was like, All right, I'll try it. I'll try it for two weeks and see if I improve. First two weeks of my life in almost a decade that I'm symptom free. And I'm like, why didn't anyone help me? <laughs> I'm like angry because no doctor will talk to you about your diet. And I'm, I'm like, hopefully that changes. I want that to change because I feel like it's a really big deal um, because having gone through it myself. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more yeah. profitable to prescribe a pill or some sort of whatever than it is to give you an actual solution. Yeah. Like, am yep. I saying my diet is fun? No. But uh, I, it's a hell of a lot better than, you know, spending. It's actual quality of, of life. life. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, well, I, I it, took, to- it took me a very long time to find out that Go I had ahead. pernicious anemia. Sorry, which is like a severe vitamin B12 deficiency where like I cannot I cannot absorb it through like uh, 
like my stomach. So like I give myself B12 shots every two weeks. It took, mm. it took several different visits to several different doctors to actually figure that out. And it ended up being my OBGYN who figured it out. So can't they just <laughs> test your blood and look for vitamin deficiencies and be like, Oh, this you would think mm. I'm, I'm not a doctor. It just seems like a thing to do. <laughs> No, I'll just give you the antidepressant, then you won't feel anything, you won't care anymore. Right. Yeah. It would be a thing to do, but Pfizer has a new drug. Um, <laughs> I want to I want to get to the super chat because Sorry. it's a big one from Rob Robinson. Um, thank you, Rob. Oh, I saw this, and he earlier. says, "This is happening all over. The small company I work for has training where we quote have to stare longingly <laughs> into another person's eyes affectionately." For seven seconds, I do this at work. I'm in HR and fired. Yeah, uh, of course, if you do it at work, you're getting going to get the Wait, HR but didn't fired. he say that they were doing that at work? Well, uh, just for their training. So if you do what they do. So I think I know the exercise. It's called obnosing. I think I've, I think I've done this exercise before. Maybe not. Maybe it's a different one. Maybe that's the one where you like just observe things about someone and say them. I don't remember. Uh, it's weird that this is a work thing. Like what is... What kind of training is this? I have a, small I have a very difficult time maintaining eye contact. Oh my gosh, I, I couldn't like, do that. I would, I I would be so incapable of doing yeah. that. Well, I could totally do that. Not I'm usually like staring at like stare. the wall when someone's talking to me and they're like, are you paying? And I'm like, yes, if I don't stare at that wall, I won't actually hear what you're saying. Sorry. Uh -huh. You know, like, <laughs> I, 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 totally get it. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to, no, I would, I, I would quit. <laughs> It's creepy unless the small company he works for is a cult. Workplace culture, that idea uh, that like a workplace has like, uh, like in a, it's like, you know, I want to go somewhere to dinner, but first I need to find out like, you know, where does Burger King stand on apartheid before I go or what? Like, I don't need... Like my regular. No, I'm pretty sure they're against it, by the way. No, I know, but like that's just like it's a hyperbolic example. But like it's it's always like you know, well, does Walmart stand, you know, against you know the murder of of, of people in the street? It's like, well, like, shut the fuck right. up. Like, why? Like, does why this, do you need a? Does this large corporate entity have the exact same political belief system that I do? How right. now can predominantly the ideological left is like against big business and corporatism and yet demands out of corporations to have an ever encroaching uh like place in the like public sphere is like in the like dominant conversations like you cannot they're not against those. corporatism though they, well, they, they only they use that capitalism is they used to uh say they were right. but they're not um they because immediately upon that narrative needing to change they all went with it like no problem. I, yeah, uh, so I, I was, I've been thinking about when the switch happened. Um, and I think the switch happened when they felt like they had political power. Um, and as yeah. soon as they felt like they had political power, all the large corporations were suddenly their buddies. Um, because, because they, once you have that entrenched power, the corporations can be used as tools to help, uh, pull off your psyops and everything else but while you're you can't be fighting so what happened is they're fighting the system fighting the system fighting the system for so long but then they own the system and they can't keep fighting the system like once they win and take over the system they've got to quell all the fight the system crap and be like the system's great we need more system <laughs> this system is the best system if only you had the system right rage with the machine well it, it went right, from but they like have to do that because it's the Wall inevitable Street, result right? 
Occupy huh? Wall Street, right? I remember seeing like videos right. of Occupy Wall Street where like those like again like the the big like they were like drinking champagne and like laughing at like the poor unwashed masses who were like having their lives financially devastated like beyond repair in like the 2008-ish era, right? And now it's like yes, Queen Goldman Sachs says gay rights, like <laughs> her, right. like <laughs> what? <laughs> like you see. And and it'll be made fun of, but yet also celebrated. Like in uh, just you know, I don't know. Go to the gay pride parade in San Francisco, or don't. But if you want to, go <laughs> to the gay pride parade in San Francisco, Pass. and you will see every major corporation that could possibly pull it off sponsoring a float: Chase Bank, Bank of America, Southwest Airlines, like everyone, all the major corporations. And and yet they're still like we're oppressed, we're oppressed. We're just... All right, well. <laughs> Resist. Who, Chevron what says major corporations don't sponsor you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the funny part is, though, like all those corporations, they're getting their their scores up. The the, the ESG, mm -hmm. environmental social governance mm -hmm. score. They all probably have great scores, and the more that mm -hmm. they sponsor gay pride parades, the higher their score will be. And for anybody That's in the exactly chat that is. doesn't know what that is, like. I, I can't explain it very quickly. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. That's what it is. Yeah. I'll explain it in one know. sentence. Do it. It It is uh, social credit scores for companies. Yes. That will trickle down to us as yes, they already the are. Yeah. 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 Which is why you um, see corporate culture being such a, like, it used to be, oh, hey, we need a programmer. Uh, you know, can you... Uh, do you know like Python? And now it's like, do you uphold the values uh, needed to, you know, to write Python codes and scripts uh, with uh, compassion for the, the, you know, in turquoise white and pink? Can you write code in those colors? <laughs> and yellow and green. Well, I mean, it feels like though in reverse, in reverse of that, as a as someone like wanting to get a job, you have to find a way to like, you know, avoid it. You're like, you see them ask those questions. You know, I don't want to work from them. So you like, mm -hmm. you're then actively discounting a bunch of companies because you see them say this shit. You see ESG on their website or whatever, and you're like, okay, I gotta find the like 15 companies in my industry that are not pulling this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, but here's the problem that the ESG is being rolled out from the financial industry. And so it will all trickle down to everyone mm -hmm. because if they want to bank, if they want to get a bank loan, like a lot of businesses use bank loans for even if you're a super healthy business, you, you might have a line of credit for, um, you know, managing fluctuations in demand and inventory. And like, so you like, you got to work with banks, you got to work with payment systems and all of those are going to be implementing ESG and requiring that their customers have high ESG scores. And so it's, it's going to be hard to even find that. Right. And like a company, even, even companies that don't mean it are going to have to pay lip service to ESG right. basically. Right. Have you guys heard of Public Square? I just heard of it today. It's like trying to connect people to non-woke businesses. It's an app. Yeah. Public yeah. Square. And then uh, Red Balloon is like the LinkedIn. Well, not really. It's just like job listings. But Red Balloon is job listings for non-woke companies. Yeah. We well, have. I, th I think that the thing I think the thing that like cancel culture, quote unquote, and like, again, getting deplatformed, the, the stupidest thing they've all done 
is uh, adult dating site. Oh my God, sign me up. No, uh, I just, I just banned them from chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my only fan sign up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, like the thing that the dumbest thing they could have done is continue to contic- like to, to just kick people out of these spaces. Again, when you get deplatformed from from Twitter and Twitch and YouTube and stuff over and over again, and people start making that parallel, I get like to put it into like, you know, at least through my own little worldview or whatever, like eventually like alt tech started catching up where there are alternatives where you don't have to go back and like, you, like, you know, if, if Twitch had sent me like a notification that was like, hey, you're banned from streaming for two weeks because we don't like things that you're saying off the site. I, you know, I can't rightly say, but I very well might have been like, well, you know what? I should probably like I, I'm going to have to like I don't want to lose the channel or whatever. They, you know, they kick me off and I'm like, well, fuck right. you. Like I'm, I'm going bye bye then. Like I'm not going to beg for you to take me back. I'm not going to say mm-hmm. like try to fight it out or whatever. Like bye. But they don't Cause want I, you. They're alternative. No, I know that. But. The, like the other day oh my god did y'all see the thing about the uh was it the i don't know if i could say this on youtube because a bunch of people got deplatformed for it the other day on twitter but uh, uh we're very critical of a uh of a uh, woman's soccer player who a soccer uh, player oh hang on let me just see if i can find a picture really quick i have it pulled up uh no like, i don't quick. know this oh it's a big one it's it's it, and it's it's preposterous hang on hang on, hang on people who know what i'm talking about know exactly what i'm talking about here it is uh all right all right, so this there's an inclusive, a fully full-on inclusive football team, a soccer f- f- football uh, team, okay. uh, who has a uh, a male to female transgender player who played uh, just the other day, and a bunch of people on Twitter, a bunch of women on Twitter, uh, got up in arms about it. I'm going to just share with you. This is this person currently. This is an Irish team. Yes, this is a, this 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 here is a woman. Wait, what? Which one's a woman? The one on the right. It's hard to tell because uh, the bald guy looks like he could. Prince, Prince William uh, is the uh, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> or which one? It kind of looks like him, right? No, this is uh, this is what the one of the latest scuttlebuds around uh, like like and these are women who are like you know considered turfs, right? Uh, which I I've, I've taken a lot of like turf style media uh because maybe i don't see eye to eye uh with the with uh like uh, like uh gender critical women all the time but like again i I care about women and being a woman you know it's it's more uh like but again people were, were very upset about this and and again uh this person is like in i believe uh you know his or her 30s or something and some of the other players are like 16 year old girls Oh wait! So uh, this person—I I was joking. This person on the right yeah. is the person who's the yes. trans female. Carter, oh. clearly they're both. There are two women in that picture. <laughs> this is all the scuttlebutt about about. I thought uh, you were talking about the person on the left who was a trans female, and I'm like, oh, no, no, okay. no, 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 no. This person—they're right a real here, female. This is, this is about ten years ago, <laughs> or about ten days ago, as an Irish LGBTQ plus inclusive football team uh, beat uh, the like uh, beat a team, and this is a. Uh, Julia Valentino here on the on the right, just the oh, picture God. of womanhood, uh, was playing against young women and girls again, as young as sixteen, uh, and this person is not. Um, and 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 lo and behold, hang on, all right, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna take this off the screen for just a second because I have a whole bunch of tabs open. Uh, but okay, here we go. Uh, this person, uh, again, it's just like a it's like a rec league team or whatever. Uh, this person. 
<laughs> sorry, I know I keep going on and off, but uh, uh, works uh, for TikTok. This is this is again Ju- Julia Valentino. Uh, again, playing course, against sixteen-year-old girls in Ireland, uh, works as a uh, you know a, a, a program specialist at TikTok. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> proactive monitoring and and uh, you know oh. things. You know, one of the people is in charge in charge of a uh, content moderation on TikTok. Uh, you know, so who can ban all the? I I honestly, the best thing I've ever done is because I deleted my LinkedIn a very long time ago because LinkedIn is like just like a cesspool of the internet but like i created yeah. a little sock puppet linkedin account and like the stuff you see on here is fascinating because they just talk about it all in the open uh and i feel like not enough people pay it i yeah make yourself a sock puppet linkedin account because you, you'll see all kinds of stuff but again this person uh and, and and like a bunch of like probably more like left-leaning women got banned in mass the other day on twitter over this and there, it was like trending on twitter like hashtag like twitter hates women uh because of this and like this t- kind of stuff is fascinating to me because yeah no t- you know twitch doesn't want me twitter doesn't want me but it's not just alex jones anymore it's not just me anymore it's not just it, it's it's random women who do not yeah align with me politically and I'm sure many different ways who are getting silenced for saying this is the most absurd shit I've ever seen. Uh, why are we still entertaining this as, you know, something that we, we all just have to sit here and pretend like it's not, it's, it's not a problem. Uh, and, and like, there was like a huge like mass banning and, and like eventually they're going to run out of people to ban. And they, like the, 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 or there, or the, people start to self-censor, and and well, you, they will create a, an environment that has the that convinces people that this is what everyone else believes because no one is is countering it, and it will actually have a, an effect on the culture that will be well, that's chilling like and the, what they want. I mean, but but again, you know, if they get people to start self-censoring, then they have to come up with new ways to continue, kind of like. Uh, you know, culling the herd and, and, and uh, you know, narrowing down speech. And again, it can, you know, saying that a bald man uh, shouldn't be playing <laughs> soccer with 16-year-old girls is now the new, uh, you know, it's the new, bra- like, the this is too far. Well, uh, I think anyway. it, I Sorry, think it speaks to what God said says in the parasitic mind that if you are looking for enemies and you've taken out all the enemies but your job is to look for enemies, you're going to find new, you know, criteria to make enemies to take them right. out. You're mm-hmm. going to keep doing it. You're going to keep doing it and keep doing it and, and, until there's no one, essentially. And I, I said that they're making Twitter a boring place because Twitter is a place of strife. And mm-hmm. honestly, I think that's okay. Like a lot of people are like, oh my God, it's so toxic and horrible. And it's like, you go in there knowing beautiful. what you're, you're getting like right. that shouldn't be that big a deal. Like I don't take what some random asshole says about me, like personally. Like you got a big nose, Alex, and um, someone once called me a Jew bitch on there. I'm like, I'm not even Jewish. Like you could call me a bitch. <laughs> that makes sense. But I don't know why you call me Jewish. Like <laughs> just randomly. But like you know, you can say whatever the hell you wanted about me. If it's not true, it's gonna make me laugh. Uh, and if it is true, I'm probably going to go, oh, yeah, I got problems. Like, I'm, <laughs> I don't see how this is, like, a big deal. Uh, that And so to me, this idea that we're going to lose this strife, because from strife comes, like, uh-huh. advancement in arguments and comedy. And I'm like, we're going to lose all this great 
content if they mm-hmm. take if they make Twitter a boring place. Like I actually did find it funny that like you know the the OK groomer phase was pretty hilarious to me. Sure. Like everywhere. <laughs> But yeah, they're going to make it boring. And with any, like, behind, like, one of the things that, like, the disinformation, like, groups and specialists and and whatever, like, one of the things that they talk about the most in, like, their actual, you know, all hands meetings and things like that, having read a lot of the minutes myself, uh, they're they're terrified of meme culture. Because (laughs) even if a meme is very hyperbolic and, like, very, like, you know, like, a simplified version there's a lot of truth to a lot of the memes that circulate around and they don't have any way to combat that because they're effective they're easily spread uh people who create those kind of memes create them with that in mind knowing it's going to be screenshotted and and turned into like a potato quality thing that's deep fried people are going to keep circulating it around and and it's nearly unstoppable and you know claiming that a bunch of memes are you know the origin of like russian disinformation actors like it's just like no one fucking cares anymore but they're terrified of like meme culture and stuff like that and and it does have that like satirical and like comedic thing that they have no idea how to combat it they're terrified of memes it's well they they try to make their own memes and they're terrible but then also on this on on, like they they fall for satire like everyone falls for satire like it's it's kind of i love satire i've always loved it often though people focus on the wrong thing satire Mm -hmm. they they focus on Mm -hmm. the messenger instead of the message Mm -hmm. that they're bringing to you Mm -hmm. uh but like uh i i just find it so funny that like we're having this issue where uh they 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 hate memes so much and they try so hard at them and they just fail every time and they <laughs> lie about like where the memes are coming from. Oh, this image is now a right wing that, you know, the guy, the, you know, uh, what is that? Who, who radicalized you? You did that, that picture. They, they hate that one. It's always Sam. Yeah. <laughs> they hate getting away they with hate it. The new cartoonist. The new cartoonists out there, they, they hate those guys because they're funny. And they're like, they're mm. not funny. They keep going, they're not funny. And it's like, yeah, they are. They're hilarious. You just don't find it funny because it, comedy is mostly like subjective. a five paragraph dissertation as to why I don't like it. You're like, I ain't <laughs> reading like, all that, bud. I mean, they, they've fucked up American comic books to such an extent where everything, every panel is a freaking lecture. And, and, and they should be pithy, too. That's the thing. You can't be pithy and and give these uh, these intersectional lectures. It's not possible. Like it's too it's too hard to be pithy and funny that way. Like you can do it by making fun of them, but you you can't do it by if you mean it. Yeah. One of my favorite comic book writers is Bill Watterson, who did Calvin and Hobbes, and you could like go through more different like stages of like emotional realization and like a like four panel Calvin and Hobbes strip then you like that said maybe two dozen words the whole thing versus yeah like paragraphs and paragraphs brevity is the soul of wit right mm-hmm. well and I think I, I mean the thing that they hate about memes is it, one of the things they hate about memes is it um it bypasses your uh filter that you might have on about what you're supposed to think Um, and you react emotionally to it immediately and, um, and it can undermine the programming memes can undermine programming, right? You Mm -hmm. can be programmed about a bunch of things and then someone shows you something and you just laugh because you're like, Oh, 
that's funny. <laughs> it snaps uh, you right out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it undermines their programming. Um, so, and this, you know, what, what you're talking about on Twitter becoming a boring place, this is a, uh, maybe a hyperbolic analogy, but it, it this is what happened in communist countries like the Soviet Union, right? Where you had, you had, um, you had an organization that was supposed to get cracked down on traitors, right? Traitors to the people, enemies of the state, right? And of course, uh, there's only so many people who are actually spies, and like, doing, like there's not actually that many of those people, so. Uh, they start to look for more and more people and the definition of what that means expands and eventually they 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 start arresting each other right mm. and so mm-hmm. like there's mm-hmm. a it just gets the 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 people the protected people get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until basically anyone is fair game anyone could be accused of anything you have leaders i mean you had it in actually china's a great example uh mao constantly would be like oh it turns out that all of my closest associates for the past 10 years are Evil traitors, who knew? Lock them up. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, oh, they were just being subversive this whole time. Like, uh, so there's there's literally no one who's who's safe at that point. And it does become, it stifles creativity. It stifles culture generally. It stifles every kind of conversation. And it kills your spirit to live. Like, no one, we're actually not farm animals. No one wants to live like a farm animal. <laughs> like, right. it doesn't feel good. We don't want to live that way and so uh i think a lot of these people on the left who think that they are going to be you know they're in the protected group right now because they haven't said the thing yet uh they're going to you know tragically discover one day that they're kicked out as well and and at the very end you know they're the ones who will be lined up in the wall and shot when the strongman takes over because no one likes them anyway well, some of them have been deplatformed. We keep saying the woke eat their own, and they uh-huh. they currently still yeah. are. Like they've been doing that. Um, you you're not woke enough. You'll never be woke enough. Like it's not a thing. There's no there's no stasis level of woke that you reach and you're safe. That doesn't exist. Right. Uh, because for, first of all, they'll change the rules tomorrow on purpose. And honestly, one of the things though is that. Whether or not you are woke enough, possibly you are following the rules in that moment, but your competition in a business goes, I can accuse you of something unwoke, something anti-woke that people will hate, and I can get people to stop going to your business or stop, you know, not hire you instead, and then I'll get ahead. So, like, people, it's a very easily weaponized tool to take out your competition, so mm-hmm. to some extent, it's not even like, oh, I look for another enemy. Some, sometimes it's just a campaign by one person who wants to move up. Yep. Can we do a couple super chats before we No. move on? <laughs> I did ask. So. Of course. Uh, okay. Uh, Silverlock says... Women are going to need to stand up for themselves soon. Handing over everything over to biological men as women is going to be bad for them. Bro, no, we're bigots when we do that. <laughs> Anyone have thought? I, I actually don't think... Yeah, I don't... Like, I am so split when it comes to that kind of thing because I'm not okay with 
the idea of uh, like women's shelters and women's bathrooms and sports being taken away. I also, though, hate the narrative that it's men's rights. Uh, trans rights is men's rights is often like the feminist line in reply. And I hate that. Yeah, a lot of them do uh-huh. say that. They literally, and people I've been like close with on this front too. And I'm like, they're not. They're not, th- This is like a small percentage of men. Like men who are fighting for rights are probably fighting for not being, you know, alienated. Raped in as, divorce court, basically. Mostly yes. Is what it is. Or, or yeah. to have abuse and rape allegations from them taken seriously. Right. Like, yeah, they're fighting for to have women. a shelter at all. For yeah. when they're abused. <laughs> right. It's like those are real things that they're fighting for. They're not fighting to get into your stupid, you know, sport team. That's a that's like a small percentage of men doing that. So don't put this on all men. The feminists like to put anything they see as a threat on all men. And that kind of drives me crazy because I'm like, that's not the proper response. But I think it might kind of come back to like that sort of like snappy meme culture. Like we could like, you know, the kind of Naxalt argument could be you could get into the minutia of stuff. But when it really comes down to it, um, it could be kind of like a a snappy way to at least have someone consider that sort of concept and then kind of get into the minutia after that. Uh, I mean, it is a super reductive way of putting it, but it's, you know, like when, when we saw like there was like in, in Portland or whatever, uh, you know, a women's shelter, like for like battered and like sexually abused women, uh, where they at first said that they weren't going to allow, uh, you know, trans women, uh, to go to the shelter. And so, uh, trans women activists were threatening to like burn down and like beat the shit out of people there. And it's like, well, that sounds like pretty like damn aggressive right like that's like it's like isn't that like kind of a sounds like the testosterone's running a little high mm-hmm. right I, like again it's enough to like kind of create that like cognitive dissonance moment to maybe make someone think about it twice i don't know i my response is usually it's not men's rights activism it's uh predatory men's rights oh, sure. Activism. Oh, sure, sure, sure. which is still pithy but puts a qualifier on it <laughs> I'm oh, going to sure. say something that'll probably piss all of you off, but uh, that's a I'm that's ready. always a good thing to do towards the end of a show. Um, <laughs> well, maybe it won't. I I think um, I I get this point that the that Silverlock is making, and I think you're right. It's a little bit reductive, but I I get it. Um, I get it, and there's that to that extent, it's correct. Um, I think the the problem with a lot of what we're seeing, especially if we're talking about wokeism and especially since we're talking about this kind of radical leftism, um, it's typically it's typically uh, it's a result of psychological dysfunction, largely female psychological dysfunction, largely female cluster B psychological dysfunction. And uh, in the past, the reason this wasn't a problem is because men incorrectly and wrongly and immorally used force to keep women out of the sphere of ideas and politics and out of the public arena, which is wrong. Um, However, uh, that did prevent the cluster B social manipulation skills of women from taking over culture. Um, And what's happened is we've correctly decided that initiation of force against an entire gender is wrong, that people should have equal rights, and that's all great. But what we haven't done 
uh, men have not learned how to put up uh, social guardrails for dysfunctional behavior of women. And I see it even in, I, I see it even in a lot of so-called uh, based men who will be very forgiving. I'm a female. They're like, well, but you know, she didn't mean that this happened the other day. I like a few weeks ago, I was visiting a friend and there was a absolute, I, mean, I won't go into the whole story, but there's an absolute crazy stalker woman who followed my friend's son, who was like 21 or 22, followed him like, three across like three states and showed up uninvited at the house like a crazy woman right and fortunately he realized she was crazy and he was like get the hell out and and we were all like dude this woman's crazy um but there was a another guy there relatively based conservative dude he was like well i don't know i mean you know he, he wanted to give her as much benefit of the doubt as he possibly could he wanted to be like excusing all of her behavior and giving her uh, a lots of, you know, and I think, I think a lot of guys are afraid to criticize women because they're inherently afraid of getting rejected because women will then point the finger and a, a whole cluster of women will reject a male who's viewed as like, oh, he's a misogynistic jerk, right? And then they'll all be like, oh, everyone can hate on him. And guys are afraid to stand up and say, no, what, you know what? Your behavior is fucking insane. You are fucking insane. We should not listen to what you're saying. Everything you're saying online is absolutely insane. Sit down and shut the fuck up. Obviously not everyone, but the people who are absolutely mm -hmm. crazy, they are out there and too many people let them get away with it. They forgive them and they and they have and frankly, it's condescending to the smart, rational women out there because it's like, well, that's how women are. You got to you got to let them be crazy. No, you don't. Women don't have to be crazy. I'm married to a non crazy woman. Like they, they like don't go saying that you just have to like cut them all the slack and allow them to be insane and fuck everything up. You don't have to have a cluster B personality trait to be female. Like that is not how it works. And well, I and I think too many of us are just afraid to stand up and push back on them. And the and the few people who do are often women who are who are yelled about as turfs. Um, because the rest of the female whore just goes after them because they're you're they're betraying the the sisterhood. That's why I mean, I tell me I'm wrong. You're not wrong, actually. I don't I don't disagree with that because I've said several times that women will not be equal until we're held to equal account. We like if, if you just look at conviction rates as, as sentencing for the same crime, five times less punishment for women than men. Like oh, yeah. for the same crime. That's mm. that's a thing. And it's this is insane. We're not we're not treated as equals in that regard when we do something wrong. We're treated like children. And that's not equality. And I'm tired of this idea that I might go out into the world and some Karen is going to like go psycho in public and everyone's just going to be like it's fine, it's fine until someone tries to physically contain her. And then it's like, oh, no, he's in the wrong. You know, like, you know, a man is going to be the one who has to step up. No, no woman's going to do it. And like, this is the, the ridiculous thing is that we act like it's totally OK for a woman to like slap a man in a bar or throw a drink in his face. Those are assault. Those are crimes. But they're not arrested. No one cares. And or lie like absolute just lying. And just but the, but people forgive them. Oh, wasn't yeah. there? Well, what, what, which Oops. there was a lacrosse team somewhere, right? That it was like they were like, this was a few years ago where they were just absolutely dragged through the media, uh, you know, uh, and the the media acted as like 
uh, you know, judge, jury, executioner. And it turned out that it was all just a big hoax. But these men had like their like lives ruined. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I see as an issue, you know, as as a woman, uh, there there's a there's a term, a, a word that is is is. I think about it a lot. It's called it's Sonder, which is kind of the realization that everyone out there is living their own lives and has the same capacity for. Well, I mean, not everyone has the you know, same mental abilities and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'll, I'll seed that. But, you know, for the most part, the people that you encounter on a daily basis are not just, you know, NPCs in your life. You know, they have their own like hopes and dreams and lives and things. And women for a very long time were pitted against each other largely by media to kind of be that like I'm not like other girls I'm a I'm I'm a cool girl I'm one of the guys kind of thing like it you were then kind of made to like me girls is that what you're saying well yeah but like it's more so that like you like I I mean I I I also yeah here comes the cat oh oh god she okay jumping onto the she sometimes turns off the computer when she does that um like you kind of reduce other women down to like this idea of like, oh, she's just interested in like shopping and clothes and, 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 you know, girl talk. And it's like, well, I, you know, I know the capacity that I have for like a, you know, I'm not saying I'm like just, oh, so deep and intellectual or whatever, but like, uh, for a very long time, I really kind of considered that other women, because I was kind of fed that, like, not like other girls sort of like, you know, uh, like that was it like the manic pixie dream girl kind of like persona maybe right. not quite as like intense but like you like you the, i thought that other like you, you really kind of just think other women are just like little like shopping like boy crazy what like like that's like so like fundamentally wrong uh and i think that it's a mistake that a lot of women still make today uh with with each other and i don't, I don't know i don't i don't even really know where it's going with that just kind of like i i there's so many different people driven by so many different things. And we've been told to like reduce each other down to like the, like most, like, again, someone makes one single statement one time or makes one mistake one time or one like bad call one time. And that's the thing that defines them forever. And it's like, there's so much depth to like most people. And so like, but you know, you don't, you don't even like give that consideration. I don't know. Sad. I actually have to go here pretty soon. Yeah, me too, but I want Juliet to tell me why I'm wrong. Sorry, Juliet. Oh, no, I totally agree. Ever since I learned what cluster B (laughs) personality disorders are, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's what's wrong with all the people that I instantly am like, ooh, be careful with that person. Like, stay very neutral in their life. And I, 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 so, like, I picked up on the traits, but I didn't know the words to, like, describe them. Our entire society is being run by like cluster B people now. And that's why we always feel like you just, I sit here sometimes and I'm like, am I the crazy one? Why does everybody else not see this? But it's, it's because everybody else is acting crazy, whether they have those disorders or not, they're, they're mimicking the behaviors, especially women, but it's kind of become a cultural thing now This like, really bad behavior, manipulating, gaslighting. Our government is gaslighting us now. Yep. So, yeah, you're not wrong at all. And, people, and we don't know how to spot it and call it out as a culture because right. I don't think we've had to deal with it on uh, mass. Like, I don't, I don't think we've... I think this is a relatively new phenomenon where it's everywhere and just like being able to, like, 
spot a creepy guy. A lot of us, a lot of people are like, that guy, there's something wrong. That guy's creepy, Mm -hmm. right? Like just like that intuition of being able to, there's something wrong with that person. Like they're a cluster B, like something's wrong with them. Stay away. We haven't developed that sense as a culture or the will to exercise it. If we have it, some of us might have it. I don't know. I think that I did a lot of, sorry, uh, sorry, uh, research into cluster B specifically borderline before Mm -hmm. I got involved in the, in the culture war. So in 2020, before I got involved in unsafe space, I was like, what the hell is going on? Why is it like I'm being surrounded by borderlines? Like it felt like I already knew and I already knew all the things to look for. And I was like, this is terrifying. Like it's terrifying to meet one borderline person, Mm -hmm. but then to have your entire culture develop that attitude. And by the way, it is actually contagious. A lot Mm -hmm. of people don't realize this. Like if you spend a lot of time with a borderline person, you will start to think that the only way you can get attention is by performing the same behavioral pattern as them, which means being extremely emotive and seeing the worst in people and having those kind of like high lows of intensity. Like it is actually contagious. So this idea that, oh, it spread like wildfire. It really felt like it did. And it was it was honestly terrifying to me when I recognized it because I was uh-huh. like, "What is going on? What went wrong?" Because I don't under like it at the time. I didn't know what was going on, and of course, that's how I found out about everything that was happening. But it was it was absolutely horrifying at first. Yeah, and I, I one I'm gonna throw one thing out here because a lot of people feel like, "Oh, you have to recognize negative traits." I'm just gonna throw out a trait that seems positive that you encounter a lot, but this is really, it's a red flag. It's the people who you meet that are overly effusive about how close they are with you. And they, they, they praise you way too much and you're their best friend right away. Uh-huh. And it's like, I hardly know you. Why are it's like, Oh, I love you. You're so great. It's like, what are you, we're besties. It's like th- that there's something wrong with that. You're not besties with someone that you don't know well. And if they're overly praiseworthy, we just remember that there's a flip side to that. And you will experience it. So stay the hell mm-hmm. away. You're an angel at first, but you will become their demon. Like, Absolutely. It's... Yeah. Well, All right. I know we, I know. The moment, to, yeah, oh, the... you want to say something before you leave? Sorry. No, well, like, well, that's what, a, like, the if you try to become a persona, you're holding yourself to a standard that you don't even want to live up to. And then the moment you, like, deviate from this, like, curated persona and, actually might just let like your own self like you know through even if it's a flawed human being which we all are uh you know people find that very upsetting Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah yeah been there (laughs) yeah all right well i'll look on that people want us to keep going but i gotta go l sounds like she's gotta go well i I do i do that's fine we will we'll we can continue another day um, Juliet's gonna come on with me tomorrow night, and uh, Alex, yay. I do want to get your. I do want to get your. Info oh, so you got we... you guys can continue tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so by the way, if you're watching this, and you know, um, hi, I do this three nights a week on uh, on on Rumble and and Foxhole and on so like is like where I just sit there and just rant for like three to four hours. Like join in. <laughs> Juliet's gonna come on tomorrow night. I don't even know what we're gonna talk about. We've been texting can you, back. Can you remind people how to stuff. find this stream? What's your Rumble username? Uh, it's uh, rumble.com forward slash C forward slash some bitch I know. Or you can rumble. just go to rumble and type in some bitch I know. 
Uh, or you can go to Gab, and I'm at some bitch I know. Or you can go to Truth Social, and I'm some bitch double I know because someone stole my username. Uh, or you can go to some bitch told me. Some bitch stole your username is what happened. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, or you can go to some bitch told me dot com, which is my website, even though the uh, my social media links are not updated. So um, that is because uh, I do all my own stunts, and sometimes I suck at keeping things up to date so and i get canceled from shit all the time so but you know, <laughs> yeah Excellent. i can't tell you i was trying to tell someone about you in real life someone who's not on the internet a lot and he's like why are you calling her that <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's, it's a sniff test if someone's like so offended by it or which like some people are they're like uh, you know i would take you seriously but you the word bitches in your name like well you're you're genuinely just not gonna like me so it's fine well, he just thought I was being mean. <laughs> oh, no. And then I go, oh, no, no, that's her username. And he's like, oh, okay, okay. That's, yeah. that's my favorite. <laughs> it's, yeah, like I thought it, I, I made that username back in like 2011. I thought it was hilarious then. I still think it's hilarious now. It's a great username. Uh, Thank you. All right, I, po- I posted the, the link in chat and I'll put it in the uh, description of the show as well. Alex, uh, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I have my own YouTube channel. It's Alex of All Trades, just like what's on here. Um, and uh, there I do gaming streaming. I am actually streaming at 6, so like an hour and 20 minutes, uh, Destiny 2. I am also on Rumble, uh, but mostly those are old videos, so they, they come over later. You won't see me live there. And then I'm on Twitter as Alex Fall Games. And the pinned tweet on that is my book. So you can buy my book from there. And none of that money goes to Amazon or any of the big publishers. So don't worry about that. Cool. All right. Um, and Juliet is here every Monday with me and on what, Independence Gang. And tomorrow you're with uh, with Elle. Yeah. yeah. And then you can find me on Gab. Uh, Truthseeker8487 is my thing there and honestly anybody that's listening or in the chat right now if you've never tried gab if you want to find out how much you censor yourself and how used to like not experiencing free speech you are get on gab because it's it's a quite a learning curve when you realize it's okay to for people to say things that you don't like and that you kind of find abhorrent you can I, find, I read shit on Gab them. all the time. I'm like, holy <laughs> yes. And at first it's kind of shocking, but then you get used to it. And it's like, okay, act like an adult. You didn't like it. Keep scrolling. If you hate it. I would rather it, know how other people think about things exactly. than not. Yeah. No, I want to yeah. know. I want to know if you're a yeah. horrible person. I said something pretty like graphic on Twitter and I'm amazed no one like got me banned for it or anything yet. Because this is, like, what did I say? I said someone gargled the cock of mainstream media as if it was the sucker of immortality. Uh, and no one banned me for that yet. <laughs> I'm well, pretty that, kind of, that kind of stuff is allowed. Just don't say men yeah. are women. Right. Yeah. <laughs> True. All right. Some well, thank you I all for, for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you all for joining. Um, we will yeah, see you um, uh Wait, do you have a show tomorrow, Alex? No. no. And I'm not on Token Minority Report this Thursday. Oh, so you can't find Alex this week, really. No. This um, was your one moment on Unsafe Space to see me. Yeah, it was fleeting. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, Carter, did you see uh, Beverly's message? You have to do the credits. Yeah, I know. I have to do the end. I have to. <laughs> Beverly checked out, so I got to do the end credits, which I'm gonna do right now. Bye, everyone. Have a good day. We will see you next time. Adios. Thanks for sticking around until the end. If you're new to Unsafe Space. Check out our deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. And please consider helping to fund our work by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server, which is open to financial supporters at any level. We hope to see you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production is known by the state of California to cause unregulated ideation that may be harmful to bureaucrats. Association with the following individuals, or tacos, is strictly prohibited. Apropos of nothing. I was just wondering how would you feel about another pandemic? Your president is in full control of his mental faculties. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.